as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you... Who I am is not important. Listen to discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trips. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new content and new stuff. To follow the girl word, no podcast has gone forth. Hello and welcome to episode 250 of Tribbles and Ecstasy. I'm your host, Midnight Shadow, and joining me in the studio today, we have got... Well, I'm I'm limiting the fact that somebody has elected Gul Dukat, the president of the Federation of Planets. Oh my god, has anybody seen that Twitter? Yes, I have. It's horrifying, is it not? (laughs) It's sun, everybody. I haven't seen nor heard anything about this whatsoever. It is I. Stu-Dog. Oh, what's up, guys? And I definitely have not seen anything about it. I've been too busy flying my brand new flying Dorito ship. Timberwolf here. <laughs> Yo, it's the Geese Man here, coming back from a week's absence. Uh, great to be here. And joining us in the studio, we have got Manu Interami. Welcome back to the show. Hey, wait a second. This isn't quite fair, man. You guys all have, like, cool uh, radio nicknames. I didn't. I didn't know I was supposed to get a radio nickname. Well, we have a lot. You of didn't get the memo for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you said you didn't want it repeated. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, well, go for it. I don't care. <laughs> he who forgot to push button. This is the old button pusher, uh, Monuente Reme. So, <laughs> <laughs> how have you been? I've been good. I like the button pusher. That's a good nickname. Um, it fits my personality. Do you, uh, who does the tune? I think every time I talk to you guys, I ask you who does the Another Night of Triples in Ecstasy. Who is, yeah, who is that's, that? that's Xander who does that, who's um, the owner of Holosuite Media. That's some fantastic that stuff, band, man. When you, when you start a podcast with a little bit of like sci fi punk rock, you know you're on a good show. <laughs> yeah. 
So the last time we talked to you, um, you brought along um, Gigi Edgley and you were filling us in with how things that were starting off uh, getting the circuit going. So where have things taken you in the last six months? We've been working on a lot of screenplays and reading a lot of screenplays and the show has become not a movie and has become a show. So the major change in the circuit is that we're trying to make a series now instead of a film. And the other major change is it's going to be 10 sci-fi episodes, a lot like the project Black Mirror, except not as black, not as dark. Every one of their episodes is is dark sci-fi. And we're still going to have the genre twisting, but we're going to have all sci-fi episodes, except every one will be a different sub-genre. So we'll have a sci-fi thriller, a sci-fi epic, sci-fi comedy, sci-fi horror, etc. I think you... You get it, and that is the that's the only changes we've made. Um, all of the episodes will take place in a large fictional metropolis, metropolis, um, large fictional city, somewhere in the future. Um, otherwise, everything else is still the same. It's still uh, a show that's trying to break through the the mold of uh, the Hollywood doors there that try to keep people around the world that are into filmmaking out of Hollywood. You know, we want to keep the doors open once the show's up and running for everybody that's into any part, any department in filmmaking to contact us directly at the website email and submit to be a part of the show. And anybody with any good ideas or any talent, we're going to try to add, you know, 10 people from the fan base around the world that, are professional filmmakers or um, trying to be professional filmmakers to the, to the crew. Cool. So who have you got involved in the project? Because you'd already got several people lined up last we talked to you. Um, who's connected to the project now? Oh, my God. I, I could go off forever about that. But I think most people know in a couple of weeks we're, we're ramping up to do the, the Kickstarter to finish funding for the pilot episode. And the whole plan is to shoot the pilot episode and then take it and try to sell it as a series to Netflix or somebody great, you know, because we, we want to do, we don't want to be restricted by a CBS, NBC, uh, regular um, television uh, restrictions. So we want to be on a cable network or a streaming service. Um, so the website will be updated in a couple of weeks and you'll see uh, all this new stuff that I'm talking about. But I like to talk about the, the cast a lot of people know. I mean, we've got Robert Picardo, we've got uh, Gigi Edgley, D- Doug Jones, Ethan Phillips, um, Rob Archer, Mindy Robinson, Ryan Agold from The Blacklist. Um, the actors list goes on and on. We're really strong with actors. Um, I'm going to reach out to my buddy. I just did a film with Luke Hemsworth and see if he wants to come on. That would be really cool. He's from um, Westworld. And, but the, the people that we have behind the scenes is what's most exciting to me personally. We've got Mike Phillips and Jason Newfield who are both incredible directors and uh, uh, Jason Newfield's an incredible director of photography. Mike just worked on The Wall, uh, the Matt Damon film uh, where they're fighting who knows what on the other side of the wall. And he just, after that, he went and worked on Rogue One and just did a bunch of their epic uh, visual effects. 
and Prince Bogdasarian, who's just released his, uh, just shot his new action film, Diverted Eden. Scott Baker, who I'm used to working with, who is, we're about five, sorry, three to four months away from having Fifth Passenger ready for the, the everyone that supported it. Um, Fantastic. Scott Baker is going to direct a, an episode for us. And really, I could ramble on for the rest of the 30-minute program about the people we have involved. We've just got such a great team of writers, directors, actors um, ready to go. And, and we can't wait to, to add more people out there and, and write the future and, and create a new sci-fi anthology series that ha- competes with Black Mirror. Yeah, I haven't seen Black Mirror. It's on my list to actually... Oh watch but um i'm still currently doing my rewatch of all of star trek because um yeah the uk got every tv series of star trek in july so um, i've been working my way through that wow that's wild um where are you um i've watched all of the original series um animated series enterprise next generation deep space nine and all let's see, I think it's a third of Voyager. So I've only got two thirds of Voyager left to go. Have you gained any weight? No, I'm still as fat as I was. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't watch that much Star Trek, I think I would be I'd have hot pockets. <laughs> so um but yeah, it's been seven months and um yeah, I'm getting there. I intend to have it hopefully done by the end of February, and I've also rewatched all thirteen films as well. Wow, that's awesome. Have Have you? Uh, isn't Black Mirror a a British show? Yes, I think it is. Oh. Yeah, I haven't looked too much into it, but it got um, just one of those recommendations on the Netflix screen. So it's like hmm, that looks quite interesting. So add it to my list with so many other things that I've been putting off over the last few months. I think you'll really like it if you like dark sci-fi. I, I really enjoyed it. And it's going to be similar to The Circuit, and, and you'll get an idea if you guys watch Black Mirror of what The Circuit's going to be like because it's all these different anthology episodes that are all sci-fi, but they have these weird ways that they connect to the episodes with like the te- type of technology that people are using, just subtle, subtle spiderweb-like threads and you start wondering like which episode goes where and um, how they're connected and how the characters may be connected. And um, I think if people watch Black Mirror, they'll get a sense of, of what the circuit's going to be, except we're not going to be as black or as dark or as crimson or that that's that's red um, uh, midnight. <laughs> Um, Alex in chat has said, um, you know, the more that he talks about it, the more interesting it sounds. I mean, giving people a real chance to show their talent without having to go through the gatekeepers of the dinosaur called television. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the that's what's most fun about this is that we, we have a great team together. We've got great actors and we we want to give people a chance and we want to stop. It's so hard when you come to Hollywood, like you can make. 10 films in, in Canada and or, or some other state in the country or some other place in the world work on like 15 movies as a grip or a gaffer or a, a, a director of photography. You can be a stud director of photography in Spain, France, England, come to America and then be like, 
hi, I'd like a job on a, a movie. And they'll be like, well, are you union? And you'll be like, uh, well, no, I, I'm. And they'll be like, well, go get unionized first. Well, how do I do that? Uh, figure it out. And we, you know, we want to stop all that crap. We want to just, um, we'll be a SAG show and we're going to Taft-Hartley or unionize whoever we have to, to get them uh, a job in this part of the world. See, that's, uh-huh. that's what's, that's what feels really, really crappy about a, a lot of the, a lot of the institutionalized unions. It's, it's a, are you union? No. Go get it. Okay. How? I don't know. You figure it out. I don't know. Uh, get a job on a union that, show. <laughs> you know, is it, are, are you in the union? Yeah. Isn't it your job to help me figure that out? Cause I'm not a part of you. It's sort of this subtle, horrible um, catch twenty-two that they love to run on basically every job in the in the entertainment industry, and um, I like I think I think that the streaming services and I think there's a big movement in general to start knocking some of those walls down. So, what we'd like to, the circuit would like to be a part of that. That's cool. Now you said you're about to start a fundraiser. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about? what you're aiming to get um, from it, um, sort of how long it'll be running for, when it starts, and um, where people um, should be keeping an eye out. Yeah, we're aiming for either March 7th or March 14th. And we were thinking about March 14th because it's Pi Day, and I just think that's cool. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, that's... And we're aiming for a $50,000 goal this time. And I've been running with a bunch of highfalutin producers and working on a few films recently and I've, I've been running with some people that are willing to match what we can make on Kickstarter so we're hoping if we hit the 50 um, uh, or more then that'll double right away we'll have enough to shoot the pilot episode so we should be able to do this this time around uh, that'll be cool and of course we'd like to raise you know 1.5 million and then just go make the show but um, <laughs> Kickstarter is a little bit harder than that well, as soon as it gets launched, we will, of course, pass out the link to everybody. Yeah, and I have been asking everybody that's interested in pledging even, you know, the minimum amount. I think we're going to have a $1 amount this time, too, to send me their email address to monuentereme at gmail.com so that the first Kickstarters, the, the whole thing about Kickstarter is it's a, or crowdfunding in general is, first of all, you have to have a crowd. Um, that cares about what you're doing before you launch. And then secondly, you have to have, you have to come out with a, with a bang, you know, and then that will start attracting people to the project. If you, if you hit your goal early, people want to get on a winning train. And so if you're really, really interested in the project and you're going to pledge, please send me your email address. We've created a list of people that promised to pledge in the first few days so that we can start attracting people to the project. And if you, if you, you know, hit your goal, Kickstarter gets excited about you and then they start promoting you. And, um, then other people around the world that may not have heard of the project will get a chance to see it. So definitely send in your email address if you're down. Cool. Plus you can find us anywhere. You can send it to at the circuit movie or at Monuente Reme on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, find us anywhere. Now, I know unlike previous times that you've been on the show, um, you haven't got a lot of time um, today. 
Um, is there anything else you want to make sure sort of gets out there before you do have to disappear? Well, it's just the sound. <laughs> I want to make sure is out there, you know, because is just an incredibly fun sound, you know. And if it's not out there, I don't, I don't think the world's, you know, in the right place. I think just about now, there's plenty of shit out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it dawned on me the other day that all of God's creatures go... Uh, Then I I thought that we must have a a pretty... um, It gave me a better idea of if if there is a God, he must have a sense of humor. Well, Um, I know... We'll know which episode is yours that you wrote. Just Star Trek sci-fi <laughs> cast members pulling each other's fingers and farting for a half an hour. Um, no. Um, the other things I want to mention as far as that, I think what you were actually asking me is, um, <laughs> you know, entertainment media stuff. Yeah, Fifth Passenger is a project that's been in the works for about three years now. Actually, five years, but in the in the public's eye for three years. And we're getting all the visual effects in from both visual effects teams, and we have a rough cut. And all we have to do is plug in the visual effects, the sound design, and everyone's going to get to see it this year. And it looks really, really, really good. I'm really proud of what we were able to film, proud of what we were able to make for the money that we had, and proud of the fan base for supporting it, for starting it. I think you guys are going to really love Fifth Passenger. Also, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it being released. It's going to be awesome. Um, I was just at the ed- editor's house last night and uh, watching some of the visual effects get plugged into the main cut and getting to see it in 4K and, and getting to see it how it's supposed to be seen. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and thank you for everybody out there in the world that supported it. Did, also, did we talk about Renegades already or did I miss it? No, we. I was about to bring that up. Um, it's coming. Supposedly, uh, you know, I didn't produce that one, so I don't know for sure. But I heard that it's coming out on the second to the people that um, funded it, and probably. Does anyone know? Is it the next day for everybody else? Um, I know there's announcements, but work's been so busy, I haven't had a chance to check it out just yet. I'm excited to see it. It's a great script. It's it's. I think it's going to be a lot better than the first one. I liked the first one. Not to say I didn't like the first one, but I think Renegades Two is going to going to really make um, going to really make a splash. So uh, supposedly, just a couple of days from now, we're going to get to watch that. But I think IMDb has it listed as um, February first, but that could again just be released to donors initially. Um, but whether or not the same thing will end up happening as did with um, Star Trek Horizon is a few hours later it just ended up being released to the public because so many people ended up sending out the link to others that um, it's just no points just keeping it saved. It's pretty funny, the whole... That's another Hollywood sort of archaic thing that I find hilarious that they try to keep these movies from slipping out onto the internet. There's no way to do that. I got my SAG screeners this year and and they send all the movies that are up for SAG awards to screen at home. And when you put the Blu-ray into the player, this big message comes up on the screen saying, when you're done with this, please destroy it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And they sent you the, 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 the Blu-ray in a lovely package with beautiful poster art and all this stuff. And then they're like, please rip this up when you're through. <laughs> and you're like, come on, nobody's going to do that. And in fact, plenty of people are going to just release these, these films. I don't know what they are even. I mean, I get the idea behind it, but, you know, you can't stop that. Yeah. That's a... But I think the problem is, is with limited amount of streaming platforms and options, um, especially when you've got things like um, Kickstarter and one of the promises, of course, is early viewings. You're limited with how you can do that. And of course, people are just too excited about it. They went, oh, you've got to watch this. But it just gets sent on and it is once it's out there, everyone's got it. Yeah, and, and almost no matter what kind of um, security you try to set up, somebody smarter than you and will be able to grab it. Oh, yes. <laughs> that sounded like somebody with a little bit of knowledge themselves. Me, I'm innocent. <laughs> That's why your name is Midnight Shadow. <laughs> oh, um, went out um, with um, the rest of the tech team last night. So I thought, ah, Let's find out some fun things. I said, what's the worst thing that you've ever done to sort of as a laugh or to get revenge on someone? And basically they hadn't done anything. And it's just like, so what about you then? It's like, okay, where do I begin? <laughs> I all, uh, to, to get off um, um, innocence, I also <laughs> want people to check out Benjamin Troubles. We've been out for, this is a film I did six years ago. It's the first film I ever produced. It took forever for us to get it finally finished and out there. But it's out on Amazon Prime and Google Play. Um, and if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can, of course, stream it for a couple bucks. And But it's free on Amazon Prime and Google Play. And it'll make it, I don't know if, it, I think it is in England already, actually. But it'll make it to the rest of the country soon and be on iTunes soon as well. Benjamin Troubles. Yeah, I think that was the film that you showed off when you came to um, Destination Star Trek London in, was it, uh, 2014? I was talking about it then, but I think I showed the trailer. That's right. Yeah, it was the trailer. <laughs> yeah, so we're finally um, you know, able to be actually seen the the whole film finally got finished and it was such a labor of love um, um and the first film that i ever worked on as a producer and, and it was you know sort of just dipping my toes and and how hard it is to actually produce a movie I, i'm i'm just proud that we got it finished we got it out and people can actually see it it's until you try to make a feature film and do all the and and follow all the rules you have to follow of quality and etc to to get a film distributed you have no idea the complications behind it so we're just we're happy to let people see it now yeah because if you're not careful you could end up getting a studio with just carpets fitted nothing else really built and wasting 1.5 million oh sorry not supposed to mention that yeah i heard oh. somebody did that <laughs> I, I heard about that um and they, they, they spent quite some time in there, too. Uh, I don't know what that was. Something, uh, some sci-fi project, I think. I don't know. Things you've got to wonder that around Hollywood now, if someone does something stupid, they're just going, you really did an Alec Peters? <laughs> you really axonored that one up. <laughs> you, can, you can just see that being, things being said around there now, can't you? 
It's like, how oh, bad can Sainz definitely one. go? Think, uh, speaking <laughs> of things that make the <laughs> noise, <laughs> I hear tell that studio smells like. <laughs> I, you know, there was a, a year or so ago where I went out there to see what was going on and what was happening and to see, to get a grip on like who this guy was and, and whether he was getting the flack that he deserved or not. And he's a really mysterious individual, but I guess the fact that we haven't seen anything yet pretty much sums it up. Yeah, well, not to You know, when I came out there, there was a studio, there was sets, there was there was all the stuff that looked like they were going to shoot a film, and it was built, and and then, but there were no actors or cameras or things happening, and but it certainly looked like he was planning on doing something, and then, I don't know, you know, who knows what happened. I'm I'm guessing he probably had to spend it all on his legal defense. Beats me. Well, from what he kept telling people is most of it already gone by that point. But, uh, yeah, it's very telling the fact that he decides to pack in the lawsuit and everything else as soon as he's told, no, the financials will go to the court, it will go to the public. This is the person that, from the beginning, said how transparent he was over everything. Well, you know what? As soon as I remember when he put out the whole look at how transparent and how cool we are. I mean, with the spreadsheet that my nine-year-old could have actually done better creating. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. when that came out, I went, that's sort of fishy that you would. I've never seen anybody but guilty people say, look at how transparent I am. Yeah. Uh, But that's a it's it's such a shame that that thing happened and um it's yeah. such a bummer man because i was really enjoying the the for lack of a better word the the the, the people's star trek yeah um it's a shame what happened to well just the community and the way so many people got divided because well they just got pulled into well from all intents purposes is just his bullshit um, yeah and people were having fun, and you know nobody was really making any money. People were just having fun making Star Trek, and it was there was so much of it to watch, and some of it was terrible, and some of it was great, but it was it was fun. Yeah, but enough about that production. So yeah. um, basically, everyone should keep an eye out for the new Kickstarter coming out soon um, for the circuit. So you say March fourteenth is what you're hoping for. So I'm almost certain of it. If we don't do March 7th, we're going to do the 14th. Um, we're shooting a couple new videos as we speak, and we'll have a new Kickstarter video and a new Kickstarter page live by March 14th. So that's, what, six, seven weeks? Yeah. And keep your eye, you know, everybody out there, join the At The Circuit Movie Facebook page and At The Circuit Movie on Twitter. I'm going to be running the social media campaign this time myself instead of having somebody do it. Um, I'm hoping to get Mr. Ryan Husk aboard. I've been talking to him lately. If if he has some time, he's going to join us. Um, Valerie Leslie is going to be running some of the social media too. And uh, we're going to just ramp this thing up over the next couple of weeks. And um, I hope all you guys support it. And we're going to just, we're going to shoot a pilot episode that blows everybody's mind. The pilot is really, really cool. And I don't want to tell anybody about the plot of it or anything because the pilot will serve to show people how great this project's going to be. So, 
Oh, what we're asking for is, is people to just let us shoot this pilot to show to show people how cool this new series can be. Well, fingers crossed it all goes well. Thank you, guys. And I'm sorry I have to run, um, but anytime you want to do this, maybe we do this again in a few weeks with a, a couple cast members. It's 5.30. I got to roll. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys every time I come on. Yeah, it'd be great to have you back. So let us know when you know people are available and we'll sort something out. Cool. I'll grab a couple of people and I'll, and I'll be in touch. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. No worries. Take care. Catch you later. See you, Manu. Take care, man. Bye. Bye, guys. So, that was Manu Interami. People will know him from Star Trek Voyager as Icheb. And, of course, the upcoming Fifth Passenger and Star Trek Renegades. So um, we will keep people updated with anything that comes out from the circuit. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out on our show notes for any links there. And, of course, uh, links to things like Benjamin Troubles, Black Mirror, and everything else will also be included in the show notes this week, too. Okay, so... Let's head on to Star Trek Online news. So, um, at the moment, there is a dev live stream going on. So, um, I know I'm I... sorry, guys. I always wreck your show. I always wreck oh, God. I, I, how do I get out of here? I can't find out. How to hang out. <laughs> you press the big red cross button at the top right of the window. There isn't one. I'm on a Mac, and it's 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 not. A, there's no red button. Oh, it's the red button on the far left then, isn't it, for the crapples? I swear to God, where the red button should be is a grey button, and it's not letting me do it. There should be a menu which says connection, and then do disconnect all. Got it. Thank you, guys. Star Trek Take care. Online news. <laughs> oh, dear. This always happens. This always happens. <laughs> I did. I part of me thought I would do a funny introduction for him, and Jess says for the child actor that knew everything about technology, the person who portrayed that kid knows absolutely nothing. It's Manu Interami, and I thought, no, I won't be that cruel because this time he did actually get connected an awful lot quicker. Well, wait, wait. If we're if we're going to talk about child actors who do everything, that would have been Will Wheaton, would it not? Yeah, no, but we haven't got him on the show. Well, that yeah, <laughs> still. Someone get in touch with his agent now. <laughs> so, um, are we going to call him Button Presser in the next episode then? <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, yeah, if he's doing the social media for the circuit, he'll well, he'll at least remember if he goes live with any videos is to. Push the button to go on and to uh, find out how to turn it off. <laughs> You're right, Alex. It wouldn't be an interview with Manu without bloopers like these. <laughs> uh, it's always fun to have him on the show. So nothing uh, happened in store news. Next. Yeah. Star That's... Trek Online. So, yeah, at the moment, um, as we're live, there is also the dev live streams that are currently live. And um, we have got um, our very own zombie who's uh, um, listening into that at the moment. And um, somebody about to say something? 
Oh, I was going to say, it's a live q and I do believe. It is indeed. So we mentioned it uh, last week and the week before. And um, I think they're actually doing some giveaways as well. Um, so um, Don't tell them that! They're going to leave the live listening and go over <laughs> there! Stop it! I'll, uh, I'll just be back in one minute. <laughs> ah, well, as it's our 250th show... We actually have our own prizes to give away. So, um, yes, yeah, stick around. Um, we have got um, some Master Keys. We have got a Krenum Imperium Warship. A Paradox Temporal Dreadnought. We have got some TOS Boff Codes. A poster signed by the Stowe developers. And more. So, yeah, if you want a chance to win some of them, keep listening. So... Um, Stu, did you want to go through the rest of the things that are in the calendar? Yes, uh, just give me a moment to work out how to operate my computer, and I shall go over that. So this week there was a a bunch of giveaways from Cryptic um, every day, ranging from outfits to account unlocks for services, and even a couple of ships in there. At the moment, we've got a key sale running until Monday, the 30th, and the key ring bundle has warped back into the C store as well. So the key ring bundle is 20 keys and an ultimate upgrade, which will knock any item up to top level, uh, mark 14 gold. So that's on sale until the 2nd of February. Yesterday, we had the new season drop and over on console, there's a bonus mark event running until the 9th of February. We've got the Tholian Red Alert weekend as well. So that's running until the 30th. And for all you console people, February 14th, Valentine's Day, sees the drop of Agents of Yesterday. Yes. We're finally catching up. Uh, just to chuck something in there as well. That's literally just been put out today. Uh, console gamers can get 20% off ship sales till the 31st of January. So they're encouraging people to buy new ships, basically. Yep. I have ship. to say, to the, the, the whole weekend promotion of the ship thing, God, Cryptic, you have really got to start whipping your marketing department. Like, with actual Ferengi energy whips. Do, do I have to explain why? Son, what did they do? Just okay. a little bit, mate. <laughs> so, okay, so today's promotion for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday till 10 a.m. Um, Eastern, or, no, Pacific, Pacific uh, yeah. whatever time it is. They're, they're giving away... Three faction exclusive tier five ships. Okay, that's great. So the Klingons get the tier five uh, bird of prey Burrell, the retrofit Burrell. The uh, the Romulans get the tier five retrofit um, Tavaro, and the Federation gets the tier five Avenger class. Which is the battleship uh, or all, the battle cruiser? All of them nice ships, by the way. Absolutely. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying they're nice. They're not nice ships. 
Uh, but uh, in their promotional art for the blog, every single one of the ships in the picture is their Tier 6 variant, not the Tier 5. So they're selling this promotion on the idea of it looking like the Tier 6 ships. Ah, because so I looked at that earlier, and uh, I must admit, I didn't catch that. But technically, you can have the Tier 6 outfits on each of those ships if you got the tier I'm not ship. saying that that's not what I'm saying <laughs> I know that's... I know I'm just messing with you <laughs> I think he's going from the more of the point of it could technically be taken as false advertising people see the photo they think tier 6 and then it's really a tier 5 and if you really want that skin then it's 3000 per ship kind of deal am I right son it's not going... even that. It's not even it's not even the fact of oh that's the skin. It's they look at that picture and they go, That's a tier six ship. We're getting tier six ships for free? What? And then it turns out they're all tier five ships. Be- because why would you do that? Why why would anybody sit there and get say, Oh, by the way, we're handing out these tier 5 ships for free and then do nothing but plaster their tier 6 versions all over the promotion. Yeah, I must admit if I had the choice between a tier 5 and a tier 6, I'd pick a tier 6. Easily. The thing is is not many people know or notice the difference. No, like I said, I must admit I didn't notice the difference. Yeah, they they just look like the tier 5 ships to me and um, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just blind or stupid or both. Then, since the promotion went live, I'm looking at the link now. Since the promotion went live, they removed the original promotional picture and have added individual tier five shots. Oh, someone made a boo boo. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Happened. It's funny that they. It's funny that they go and correct these photos like this, but they won't go and correct like stuff that's actually written in their blogs that is misleading as fuck. Like. Oh, does anybody remember, like, the blog way, way, way back about Tier 5U being the equivalent of Tier 6? Well... But this was before Tier 5U was even a thing, but the, the people who were supposed to have, like, the Tier 5 event ships and all this stuff, when Tier 6 came out, they would have the equivalent of Tier 6, and then suddenly all these people got Tier 5U? I'm not really sure which one you're on about. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I have that kind of a memory and nobody else does. I remember people being confused what a tier 5 view was. They didn't seem to grasp that it just hadn't got the trait. Well, that's see that's that's the thing. That that whole tier 6 thing was a was several months of nothing but a marketing clusterfuck. It was, oh, hey, we're raising the level cap and we're introducing tier six starships. Okay. What about all of us who have these event ships that are tier five that fly these specialty ships like stuck in a lockbox that are specialty, you know, specialty ships and all this kind of stuff. And you're introducing all this new supposedly elite in-game content that we're going to need a tier six starship for. What are you doing to help us? Oh, we, we guarantee you, if you have one of the event ships or promotional ship, you will have a, a tier, uh, you will have the tier six equivalent on, on launch was, was that was, was the promotion of that initially. Then a couple of months later, 
Tier 5U, introducing the Tier 5U, and this this whole blog tried to explain what the hell Tier 5U even sort of halfway meant, because nobody at the cryptic office developing Tier 6 knew what to do with all these Tier 5 players who had these in-game, high-tier event starships and wanted to get them into the new content that was supposedly supposed to be tailored around a Tier 6 starship. Well, it was more to do with the fact that lots of people had ships that they like and wanted to use with sort of end-game ships that they didn't want people to be annoyed to give up. So basically, all you do is you lose small aspects of what a Tier 6 is, but still it gets raised with more shields, more hull, extra console slot. So that's why that came out, because only a limited amount of Tier 6 ships were there for the launch of the Tier 6 ships. That's what the Tier 5U was about. Yeah, I remember when that was uh, when that first launched, and uh, it looked like a bit of a a bridge gapper to me like you said it upgraded it upgraded the ships for a little bit that people didn't want to get rid of but i suppose it it paved the way for when the the tier sorry it paved the way for when the tier sixes first come out i mean i i I remember getting quite confused about the uh the upgrade tokens actually like whether you could use them or, or where you could use them and things like that you know anyway on to the current release well, there's actually also a secondary bug with this with this promotion that that Cryptic has actually acknowledged as a bug, and uh, that is you have to be at least level forty to claim these ships at all. Period. It's a tier five ship to claim any tier five ship. You've right. always had to be. You you can you yeah, but see, even if not, even if you're not level 40 you can still wind up purchasing those ships before you're level 40 you just don't have access to them with a 100% discount you can you can essentially purchase them for free but people aren't able to do so unless they're level 40 yeah cuz that's usually always been it. a thing yeah that's always been a thing since like the first of the giveaways your character had to be a specific level to get it i distinctly remember that that's that's not a new thing with this giveaway that's again again prehistoric. this is this is a look this is a thing yeah i acknowledge that this is a thing that has always existed and this is a thing that has always been fucking crap it's shit to say oh you can open your wallet for an in-game ship before you're that in-game level but the moment we hand out a free anything, you better make damn sure you're that level before you can get your hands on it. I don't see it being an issue, to be honest. If you're not that level, then you're not that level. You haven't put in the time to earn the free giveaway. Not uh, Lots of companies do giveaways, but you have to fill in a form first or do have done something else beforehand. That's no different. Also, there's a thing that quite a lot of people have been handed a some form of special device. It's like, here you go, Merry Christmas. This will make you level 60 straight away. Mm. Yeah, I got my Klingon um, from level 55 to level 60. 
and had some extra spec points as well. And where was this? Not everyone got it. Are we talking about the email? Yeah. Oh, I was that. just about to say about oh. email. <laughs> I was see, so happy See, here's the thing. <laughs> I just got one of those. Because, um, you know, it's part of the whole... When you go into art games and all that, a lot of people click off of being a part of the mailing list. So I'm on the mailing list since, like, the summer. And they send me a code for a tier 6 Intel Sovereign and 10 spec points. And I'm like, I've already got this ship. This is just... What? And to me, if you're going to give away a starship, let's give away the one that you blundered on thanks to another company's mess up. Let's not give away the Intel Sovereign. Let's give away the Command Sovereign because that still has hell of a good rarity on it considering Attack Wing just messed that all to hell. You know, save face and if you're going to do this kind of blundered email thing through a third party, let's let's give away the one that might save face slightly on another company's mess up because the intel people can buy the command sovereign you'll never be able to get again unless somehow they figure out another promotion to hand it out which is doubtful i don't know i never received a single one of these these supposed code infested emails and yet when season 12 launched just yesterday i got three emails from stowe on the same email account, saying, Hey, the new season is live. So it is wholly not an issue of of me not being on somebody's mailing list somewhere. Yeah, but it's not everybody gets it. There are lots of... I don't of- know. I don't know. I've got three under level 40 characters right now. So I don't know what the hell the criteria is. And there are people out there right now who have got all level 50 characters already who got one of these supposed emails. I was going to say, I've got, I've got at least three characters that are over level 50. And I've I got the email. I don't know if that means anything, but... I've got several characters that were... Hovering around level forty-five to level fifty-five. Uh, I presume it's just a raffle. It's just a matter of yeah. It's, right, we've got ten thousand email addresses. Let's take a thousand and send them free stuff. Boom. Because it's 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 advertising. People talk about it. People go in game to see if they've got it. Um, things like that. It, it's advertising for them, and they're not giving it out to everybody. Well, the whole thing that has bugged people for years now with the email promotion, the whole thing is how they have worded it. That's been the big thing. Because when we first really started seeing it, I believe it was after Delta Rising, it was like, um, you know, what was it? We want you to come back. It was like, you know, we want you to come back and all that because of your long support. Um, So here's this. You can level up your character to level 50. So it was a little iffy on its wording as to whether you know you're trying to come back. We want you to come back to the game, or hey, because you've been so steadfast with the game, but you haven't played your character for a few days. Here, here's a nice little gift to get get you going. Yeah, but, but that the- wording could just be say they it's actually done because of a character status rather than account status. Because otherwise, well, see, whole, I if it was whole- an account status, then I wouldn't have got it. But then the problem is, when the devs are asked about that, there's no answer. Because well, that's because the devs don't know. The devs, 
and they it's can't. It's the marketing us... departments that deal with this. Yeah, there's again, no mar- again. The marketing department needs some freeing energy whips attached. To yeah, because it's it makes the company it doesn't matter where it comes from. The company it makes the company look bad. You're wording it for a player. Let's say they haven't played in a, a, a couple of days, or they haven't played in a year. But you make the wording as if you know the character hasn't been played in a few days, or the account hasn't been touched. But then at the same time, people that have it have been playing all their characters daily because we have people that are crazy, Midnight, that have like three billion characters, Midnight, that rotate rotate their characters all the time. So all their characters are activated daily, and they've been activated since launch, and they would still get this email worded, hey, you haven't been on for a while, so could you come back? And it's like, are you counting it by the hour? They've been on for like two hours, and you think they're jonesing for it like a drug, so that you're luring them back in? Well, I suppose a lot of those um, promotional ones may have been something for, where it was sent out to accounts that hadn't been active for a long while. But, and it, who knows what the criteria ended up being and what things changed along the way because that's the thing with these things so many people usually end up getting involved what ends up with idea a ends up to be some sort of completely different idea by time it's finished um so it's just like some one manager goes oh no this has got to change another one says that's got to change someone else says oh no well we need to add this criterion because we the number's too big or the number's too small for how many people it's going out to that's part of what happens in organizations, unfortunately. So it, the wording could seem odd because just too many people end up being involved. It doesn't no. seem to me that it's anything, ooh, they're trying to be sneaky about anything. or Well, it's not, it's not the sneaky. It's not the th- sneaky. It's just, you know, if it's a marketing department issue, if it's a writing issue, let's make for sure that the marketing is as concise and to the point as possible. We don't want to have any kind of, you know, miscommunication because that's what's happened every time these emails have come out. Since you can't, since no one's been able to figure out, the entire community gets together on Reddit and the forums and in game and on Facebook, trying to figure out through who's gotten it, what the criteria has been. So they've been trying to figure it out. But at the same time, it gets to the point, you know, weeks and months are spent on it. You can't figure out the criteria. The wording is very vague. And what ends up happening is a lot of people are pissed off that they didn't get this email because, well, my buddy that hasn't played in five years, he got an email for it. And then my other fleet mate, he got it. and He's been playing since beta and here I am, and I've spent all this money in the game, and and I haven't got, and I haven't gotten anything. And it has spread some hate. It has spread some distrust. Just some more concise wording. Just making for sure the players know this is why. This is the the market we were going for. This is the target we were going for. Yeah, but see, and at the same time, you also have to completely and wholly understand that this is a this is this is an uh, uh, an Eastern market tactic coming into the Western game market. 
Yeah. This is this is holy China, Korea, Japanese MMO bullshit being shoved straight into the Western market. And the Western market loathes the fuck out of shit like this because it's not explained it and it does nothing but divide the community. Yeah. And that's that's been my whole point with it is okay, you want to pass this out. All these people who are playing this game are gonna to want to know what the criteria is. That way if they see it, well, my buddy got it because this, and that's why I didn't get it. Then, you know, if I really want a chance at it, this is what I need to meet for criteria. You give them the ba- even the basic understanding of it, and you're so gonna you're gonna still have gamers that are upset, but not nearly as many because they understand they didn't meet it. Even if it's something as simple as, well, you have to spend. 5,000 zen a month in order to get into what ha- ends up being a random number gener- generator to be picked for this. Okay, I'm that's sorry. Gonna, that's it's gonna, got nothing to do with Eastern no. and Western. There's oh, been yes, marketing... No, listen. Yes, listen, yes, there's been... Wait, wait. Listen to what I've got to say. There has been marketing like this before the internet came about with postal promotions which targeted different people on different mailing lists and not once did any company ever give out what criteria was for particular promotions to entice people to buying, getting to do certain things. These things have been going on for decades. It's not anything recent. It's not to do with Eastern or Western. Things like this have always happened. And when people create marketing promotions, they target it. They don't go advertising what that is because the next time they do it, it won't be for the same crowd. And then you get people bitching. Oh, I signed up for that because last time you did it like this. Why aren't you doing it this time? And then you get other people say, well, I've spent all this money. Why is it I'm not included? Surely I'm just as good. You'll never get companies ever saying what their criteria is for trying to do some marketing. I'm sorry. The problem is that too many people expect to have absolutely everything. Somebody gets something, they expect they should have had it as well. That is the problem. Not the companies, sorry. They just like every other company, they are out to make a profit. And if that means they send out an email to 5,000 random people that say, have a nice shiny ship and some spec points, then it gets a bit of buzz which drags people into the game. They're oh, not going oh, to say to people, not just people that, are just it's too a, it's expecting. A free level up too, to top tier level. Yeah, again, it's just a thing for people to get in game. And I'm sorry. People just expect everything all the time. There's not one of those in Stowe anywhere to buy. I'm sorry. Well, this is just something new they're trying. It's the first time they've done it. Oh, okay, sure. You can say that, but there's no promotion of it at all whatsoever except in that email, which not everybody is getting. It doesn't mean there won't be in the future. Look, you can say it's a new promotion that they're trying. Okay, cool. Why do... Why do it through? Why do it through? Uh, holy, holy, just email for random bullshit. Well, one thing. Why that, not? That, why not create a blog introducing the damn thing? Because not everybody reads the blog. One thing that they have for every user is an email address. So why email? not send it out to every email address? 
Because See, of, I've just I've gotten to the well, point. They've had so many blunders and promotions, and it's not just counting the email promotions. I mean, Attack Wing, you know, trying to go with a company making a physical product that was a crash and burn of epic proportions because of you know the the other company failing, not Cryptic, the other company failing. We had the whole thing where we were going to have three D printed starships because that's a type of promotion for their company. You know, it's not a giveaway, but it's a promotion for the company, and that fell through. They've had a lot of blunders in general with promotions in general, and you know, if it's just one type of give, one type of giveaway, or one type of promotion, that'd be one thing. But even when you're trying to branch out and do different things besides just an email promotion, or you know, just just the three D printing, or just attack wing with another company but if you add them all together maybe the marketing department needs to sit down and go okay too many of these are going south on us we need to go back to the drawing board so that the next time that we do this and from here on out they don't become as bad of a blunder because there's always going to be something that falls through the cracks that's understandable that's marketing you're not going to hit everybody you're not going to appease everybody but let's market better for our player base. Let's do something. Let's not go to a company and, you know, oh, we'll give away a command, a command Vesta. I'm just throwing out names here. And, you know, they get to buy your starships. We're going to get you business to your company. And then, oh, well, yeah, we can do that. But we're only going to print 200 of them throughout the entire run. So only 200 in the universe are going to exist. All right, cool. Well, we're not going to tell the player base that, so we're just going to – it It comes off bad because like with that – and I'm using the command Sovereign because Attack Wing failed so badly because they – I'm assuming they just didn't realize the demand was going to be so high was the moment it came out. It came out well in advance of release. The moment that news was even hinted at and came about – Everybody was plugging their servers. So they knew they were going to get business. They knew they were going to sell out. Yet they, the company, WizKids, Attackwing, did not tell the player, tell anybody, even people that play Attackwing, limited number. This is going to be limited edition. This is going to be limited, limited. You may not get it. Instead, the company took in orders and took in orders and took in orders. And then all of a sudden... You hear about barely anybody getting their ship at all. And then what was the first thing that the player base did for Star Trek Online? Well, it's Cryptic's fault. It wasn't Cryptic's fault, but because Cryptic's marketing department has dropped the ball a few times, they were the first ones to get the the shots fired at them. And it took a while of cycling through all of these vitriolic places that we go to for news for STO, but it finally got through the player base. It's not cryptic. They don't control production of a physical item. That's WizKids. And hopefully cryptic will honor receipts or they'll find a way to release that code because they got a code generator. They can try and make it right in the future with something else. It's WizKids. But because it was a promotion link to STO, the first, first entity the rabid, pissed-off player base went was cryptic. And that's exactly where they went with the 3D printing of the starships. 
It wasn't the 3D printing company. They went straight for Cryptic. You promised me this, so I'm mad at you. Not yeah, their, but, not, it's not their, it's not their fault. But it but, shows a trend that maybe we need to do better on marketing, short term and long term, to figure out. Okay, we need backups. We need to figure out some other way to do this because we keep getting shot at. Thing is, is the email promotional stuff is a little bit different, and. There are people that are just saying everyone should get it. Why not just do it? The thing is, if they say, right, have this ship um, and this free, then everybody gets it. Then they've just completely knocked out a ship for them to sell. They're not going to do it to absolutely everyone. Sorry, son. They're not going to do it. Oh, look, they're giving away that ship. They're knocking out an entire ship for each faction for the weekend, midnight. Fuck that argument. That argument is bullshit. They're right now handing out a free ship for each faction for the entire weekend for anybody who logs into Stowe and has the smallest idea to look at the sea store. Yes. For the entire weekend. And those are still ships that still sell. And Which is time-gated. And, and even, even after the promotion is over... Even after the promotion is over, those ships will still sell to new players coming into the game, as will a new ship that has been sent to everybody who's got an email address already in stow that already has this. That new ship will still be there for any new player coming into the game and going, oh, look, I want one of those. Everybody has one. It must be really good. Those, these things going on this weekend, that's all time-gated. That people have got to be available and to go in and get it. When it comes to the email promotions, these codes that we get... They are there. They don't expire. And supposedly they're not transferable. The emails do expire. The email codes do expire. Because when I got the Intel Sovereign code, it said that the 10 spec points and the the, uh, Sovereign code expire, I believe it was April 25th. They only had about three months. So if I wouldn't have redeemed it and I would just let it sit there, the code would have eventually expired. So they, they do have temporary for those emails some of them that, that's I don't a long think time to claim it though yeah and they're they're going on that on th- i'm guessing three or four months because the simple fact that 99 percent of these emails hit people's spam folders like they do for me so they're hitting the spam folder so you're not seeing it unless you constantly check your spam folder you're just going in checking your email oh i'm back out so they just, you know, they give it that long a time. Otherwise, it would be a one-day code because it would pop up in the inbox. You'd see it on your mo- a lot of mobile devices. The moment you get an email in your inbox, it pops up as a notification. Oh, cool! I'm gonna redeem that tonight. But could um, they be sending emails out in like waves? In terms of like, so wave one, obviously, I received mine. You received yours, whatever. And say so like, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks down the line, they send out another wave just to obviously end up ultimately covering every STO player that's ever logged in. Yeah, the email systems, they basically just churn through the things, so it will take time. Um, I do email marketing um, as part of my work, and yeah, when you've got big mailing lists, um, it takes time to get that stuff out. And yeah, as I said, the promotion that we've got is time-gated, so only limited people will get it this weekend. With the emails, okay, there is uh, um, a date on it, but it's far 
enough in the future. It's not just a couple of days. So it's a way to limit how many people will actually claim it. Because yes, they want to attract people into the game who will hopefully buy other things, but they give a, a little carrot because that's what it is. But they're not going to give it to absolutely everybody. If they do that for every they, single promotion, if they sent, if they sent nobody, nobody, these email promotions, would it make a goddamn bit of difference? If well, they yes, kept doing, if they kept doing everything else, if they kept doing everything else, and they didn't send out these emails with the starships and everything, would it make a damn bit of difference? It doesn't no. make a damn bit of difference. The fact that they're doing it, I'm sorry. It does. It does. It doesn't. I'm sorry. It does. It's just greed. People expect that they should get something because somebody else has. They have. I didn't win the lottery last week. <laughs> yeah, it's like I saying didn't win the I got the week before. <laughs> it's like saying I got a lottery ticket. I should have won the millionaire's jackpot by now because they did. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> get that? <laughs> Well, quite I'm honestly, not, at this I'm not point, asking, I'm not asking why I didn't get the email and why I don't have those ships. I'm asking what the hell is up with this whole thing of sending it to random fucking people for no do- goddamn reason. Raffle. Why do it in the first place? <laughs> well, why do anything? There's no bit of fucking difference in your marketing. Well, it does. It, it does, gets people it does, talking it does about things. It gets people no, it gets no. people pissed. No, we it no, it gets a small vocal minority pissed. Lots of other people out there never hear anything of it. As podcasters and people who monitor forums, we see a lot of it because we look and see that sort of thing. But for the general oh, player who gets these emails, podcast actually got the fucking email. But for the majority of people, they don't hear or see any of this stuff. I mean, you know what? I didn't get the goddamn ship. Whatever. Fine. But in the last week, I have managed to obtain about £25 worth of just stuff from their other giveaways. I'm fucking happy, you know? Fucking not pissed off. But that's what I don't get, is the fact that people just feel entitled that they should have something because somebody else has. And that's what it comes down to, is entitlement. See, honestly, for me, I see it differently. I just see it as, if you don't meet the criteria, like, the whole thing, the one giveaway system that has never pissed anybody off in this game is what they have been doing this week. They do a blog about it. They tell you, you only have 24 hours to get it. You don't get it. Tough shit. And then they give away something else. And the last few times, there's always been a starship that's come out. The last one that I remember, they gave away an upgrade token. And then the next day, they gave away a tier 5 starship for each faction. Um, For the feds, I remember it was the Excelsior Retrofit from the C-Store. So you could have a T5U starship. Yeah, I remember that. And you had, had I think, a day or two to get it. And it was like, okay, they're giving away a starship. I need to log in today to get this because I got an upgrade token. It's not bad. And anybody that was pissed off, they had no reason to be pissed off whatsoever. It's just like, look, dude, they did an official blog. They told you they were giving it away. If you couldn't have logged in for three seconds and claimed it, that's your fault. Because the information was there. That's That's been my whole point with their giveaways. These giveaways they've done this week – the information was there. You knew how to get it, how long it was there, why you were getting it. You got 
every bit of information out there. And that's when you can't piss off the, you know, you don't piss off the player base. They know, man, I missed it. Crap, my fault. When a marketing department especially goes through third party and it's just thrown out there randomly like, oh, let me just take 50 darts and throw them at the wall. That I see people getting pissed off about because they don't even understand why they didn't even have a chance to get it. It's not that they didn't get it. It's not that they wanted it because some of these ship giveaways that they've done through the email promotions and all that – I've seen podcasters get these starships, and they'll be the ones that say on their videos reviewing it, I don't even want this thing. After I do this video, it's going to sit in dry dock. I would never touch this thing again. To me, it's a terrible starship by what I run. And they're the ones that got it. So they're complaining that they got the thing because it's useless to them. But because they just got a random – let me just throw a dart here. No explanation here. That's what I see pissing people off. Because you can't get pissed off at something that's got a blog behind it, a time limit. You, you have all the details. You can't get pissed off at that. When someone just throws a random bag of money at you as they're running down the street and you know, like, what in the hell happened? The next thing you know, you're in jail because you, that bag of money had consequences attached to it. That's when people get pissed off. Like, I didn't even know what was going on here. The if they knew is- in advance, they were the driver for that person robbing the bank. Okay, I know my consequences. There's, yeah, to me, it's a is, big difference. Okay, look at it the other way. Um, someone's throwing money down a street. You didn't know anything about it. You didn't get any. But if you know they throw money down the street every now and then, you'll be looking at that street every time you go past it to actually check it. Same thing with an email. If no, you know that, that they, instance, if, if you know that money, they, I'm going to think they robbed it and they're trying to get rid of the evidence. No, the thing is, when it comes to email, if people know that every now and then they do this random email giveaway, that people will make sure that you are subscribed to emails, that you are in for a chance to get that random raffle item. And by now they already that, know that. They already know that this is what happened because this isn't the first time it's happened. Yeah, well, that's the thing. After the, f- the, the gold f- eighth fr- this is the after eighth the time. Go- after the gold Ferengi ship, when a lot of people saying, oh, I didn't get anything, it's just like, well, you need to be part of the mailing list. How many more people went and checked their ARC settings and everything else just to make sure that they were actually subscribed to their communications? Uh, let's that- be clear about the Ferengi ship. The Ferengi ship was a, hey, you're a whale for Star Trek Online. Here's a ship to celebrate you being a whale. That's literally what the criteria for that fucking email was. Nope, I know um, of one person who was free to play and hadn't played in eight months um, or spent anything on the game who got that. So um, that was not the case at all. From the same people, was well, it less people got email, that than what got the Sovereign. The Sorry, Stu? Less people got the Golden Ship than people that got the Sovereign. So the gold Ship does sound more of like an exclusive... This is the lottery when the sovereign isn't. A lot of people yeah, got the it, sovereign. It, yeah, it's just a different type of promotion. They do different things at different times. They try different types of things, and to try and attract different people to sign up to their mailing lists. I'm sorry, it is p- just a pure raffle, is how I see it. They want people to be signed up to their email communications, and if. They keep doing these things every few months at random. Then it keeps people connected because people don't want to. 
because people don't want to unsubscribe. Unsubscribe to all the socials. Maybe they'll stop doing this bullshit. Well, that's and the they'll thing. Actually, they'll actually maybe tell us about stuff like in actual promotions where they tell us the information about the promotion. Well, that's the problem is that, of course, people do subscribe to their mailing lists to make sure they can try and get the stuff. So if people did think, well, sod it, I don't like the fact that this was happening and everybody unsubscribes from their email communications, then yeah, they wouldn't do it. But it gets people subscribed. It's the same thing when it comes to Klingon and Romulan um, sort of gameplay. They don't get the stuff because people aren't playing the content. When people do the stuff that they're expecting, they keep doing it. Anyway. You Federation apologist scum. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will now and forever say they need an overhaul of their marketing department. It's as simple as that. And I and I have met I've, the devs per- personally. I have talked to them. I've even told them in Vegas, y'all need to do something about y'all's marketing department because they're making y'all look bad. And one or two of them silently admitted, yes, we know. So, marketing again, department, this, work on it. This is wholly, this is wholly an Eastern market issue. The, the and it's not just the email thing. It is all of their promotional bullshit. It is an Eastern market thing where you're spending forty and fifty. Uh, the equivalent of 40 and 50 US dollars for what equates to a pair of clothes, like sunglasses, for a single character, a wholly cosmetic thing. This is an Eastern market thing that is trying to be just transmorgified and shoved into the Western market. And it's not going to work. It's going to cause nothing but hate and backlash. And this is exactly what's going to happen going forward. 90% of the ships that are made for Star Trek Online are no longer going to be sold through the sea store. They're going to be sold through a fucking lockbox. And they're going to be sold through the lockbox because that Eastern market is expecting three and four Four times more money gambled through the damn box than somebody going and buying it outright to have it. And when people keep buying it, they keep doing it. So, that's the thing. If you've got to vote with your wallet, sort of thing. If people don't want to buy it, then they'll change their ways. But when they keep buying it, they're not going to do it. So, yeah... We can complain all we want that we don't like something, but when everybody else likes it enough to keep buying it, it's going to keep happening. Well, I wish they'd hurry up and do it for the console. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. So, 7th anniversary has officially started, um, which we've sort of partially mentioned when it came to sort of the giveaways. So, with that, we... Well, this one has been a slightly different launch. Usually we just get a mission um, that sort of happens and things like that. Um, A little event, but yeah, this time they actually pushed out a new season. So um, yeah, they've sort of changed things around a little bit. So as we mentioned last week and the week before, as we started getting news trickling through about what to expect, we know we've got new cues, we've got a new featured episode... Um, we've got um, events going on, giveaways. So, um, yeah, they've done a lot more this year for the launch, um, or the celebration of the launch. 
I uh, I literally two seconds ago just finished the. Uh, um, I don't want to give away any spoilers. The uh, mission that they put within the season. Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I did. Um, I tried to finish up stuff that I was doing yesterday to try and quickly play it, and did actually manage to get some time to. So, um, but no, I thought that was um, a good mission. Um, I thought well, that... the ground map was looked so good as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without giving away any spoilers, for me anyway, and this is probably their best attempt at keeping this alive without entering in new mechanics, they're doing a good job of trying to put some exploration into these new missions. They did it with Echoes of Light, where you were... It wasn't solely about combat. Most of the mission was exploring. You're, lear- you know, you're learning through Lucari's eyes, because they're exploring the, the galaxy for, for the first time in God knows how long. And they kind of did that with this one, too. You know, mm. th- There's some exploration mechanics where you're learning before anything bad just goes terrible. I liked that. I, you know, the story so far is good and it leaves you once again, like the first one, you get a little question mark at the end going, Hey, so they're, they are doing a good way of leading into stuff. And I like how they're doing it. Um, (laughs) that's definitely what it felt like. It felt like I was like you said, leading into something right by the end of it. It's like, what? It, it it can't be left like that, surely. Do you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of thoughts. It just it just kind of hangs there, and it's like, wait a minute, there's a question mark over here. Wait a minute, there's a question mark over here. Wait a minute, and I'm hoping that the you know this is a hope of mine. You know, we're gonna have this mission for it looks like four weeks because there's four weeks worth of weekly rewards from the mission. I'm hoping at the end of the four weeks. They have it planned out like they have, I believe, it one or, one or two of our previous expansions and seasons. As soon as it's done, we get another mission, and we just tie right into it. And they just have a mission a month or every three weeks, however they want to do it. We just keep the story going because you know it does get old after a while replaying the same mission over and over for gear, and you're just waiting for the next content. But to keep the story going, because I, I want the questions answered. And at this point, I just want to play the mission a couple more times because I want the the whole gear set that comes with it. Now, one of the things that they had said was coming was more more exploration. And these last couple of missions, I think that's what they were talking about. Um, Sort of those little things within the actual mission itself. And that's what I'm thinking. That without putting out an exploration mechanic that's in the alpha and beta quadrants, the sector maps and, you know, a revamp and all of this. That's what I'm thinking they're trying to do is, okay, we can't make an exploration mechanic where you're, you know, you're just, you go into a new sector and you're exploring it. You're learning, you know, all that kind of stuff. Instead, they're putting it into the story missions, whether the story mission, instead of it being 90% combat, like, oh, so many of the past have been, where you're just you're fighting on ground, you're fighting in space, you're fighting in ground. Okay, on to the next combat scene. It's more of okay, let's figure out what's going on here. Ooh, let's scan the planet. Ooh, there's backstory. Ooh, let's go over here. Ooh, more backstory. Ooh, the scientific discovery. 
and you're getting more – I've gotten more of that off of these these past two missions and a lot of them from Agency Yesterday where it's more of you're trying to figure out the timeline and the Agency Yesterday temporal war. So you're figuring out the interactions of the timeline. Before that, it was the Iconian War and you know their little tidbits behind the scenes and now the whole exploration kind of deal. Um if that's what they're trying to do to appease the people that want more exploration, more story, more scientific discovery in the game, I think they're doing a fairly good job so far. I'm just hoping there's a little bit more of it. Maybe try out – and they can do this on Tribble. Maybe try out the whole nebula exploration I believe we had a while – but long time ago, you went into a – nebula sector block it was its own separate map and you were exploring different uh planetary clusters and all that you know maybe try it out or something to expand it down the road but so far i I like that because it's more than just run and gun everywhere yeah i mean i like i like the build up um obviously that's it i don't want to give away too many spoilers but the, the the beginning bit of it was really good uh, and obviously, once you <clears throat> progress on it, the mission kind of changes in terms of, like you said, you go from—I mean, you go from space to ground, and then back up to space again. That's basically yeah. as much as I'm going to give you. But yeah, but you've got the usual mechanics. But what exactly. we'll do is we'll go exactly. into reviewing the mission next week, so we'll give everyone a week to um, have a play, and we'll go into more detail about it next week. But yeah, I thought it was a good mission. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I like the gear that's dropping off of it. I think there's going to be some people that want to explore possibilities on the budget end with this gear. And there are going to be some uses at the high end, at least piecing together things, I think, with some of these new space set pieces. So one of the other things that has been released um, on Thursday was actually... um, the new lockbox named undiscovered lockbox now i think um we had somebody say in our chat that they actually won one of the tier six ships from it um trying to think it might have been oracle i think who said that managed to get the tier six 23rd century ship so congratulations um so a lot of people I've seen in zone chat when I briefly went in today um, saw some people saying that they're unimpressed with it. Um, I must admit I did open about 20 and didn't really get much. Um, but, uh, that's what yeah, a lot of the time. But um, usually when I open the lock boxes I'm usually just after the lobby. I've um, been after the temporal um tier six ship um so only problem is is since i originally wanted to get that they've added a um a few more ships that i wouldn't mind getting so now i've got to decide which ship i want to get so but uh yeah that'll have to be another time so i like the look of the ground phasers i definitely want to get a couple of them for my my away team yeah, I got one. I got one of the ground phasers on my main, and 
Yeah, that's that phaser pistol is actually my favorite phaser pistol design from any Star Trek series. That assault phaser from Star Trek Six, like that thing is wicked looking to me. So that was a must have. And I opened one box for a ground weapon, and it was a damage times two crit severity one pistol. I was like, "Yep, you're a keeper." <laughs> uh, I haven't opened any of the boxes. Um, I just literally opened the lock boxes themselves. But yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I like. I mean, I've liked what I've seen. I've gotten lucky where, um, you know, I've got some of the weapons for the starships. I've been testing those out. That's going to come out later. Um, and the consoles. They have the, the consoles and the traits in cross-faction boxes from the Dreadnoughts. There's some definite possibilities with that stuff. Um, to say the least. One of them might be broken, and we're checking that out now. Um, but anybody that's saying, like, oh, they're disappointed in it, they might, they're probably just used to something that, oh, well, I can go in and one shot everything on elite and I can blow up earth with three, you know, presses of my space bar and that kind of thing. I mean, That's like saying, why are you disappointed in it? Are you disappointed in it because you're a Voyager fan and this is aimed more at TOS or? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, the, I, the I don't know. I, it was zone chat. I just thought, no, I'm clicking to my fleet tab. <laughs> the the only thing good. is you can tell where two of the three came from. And the the idea behind the third one. I mean, the Romulan one obviously looks like an original series version of a Dideridex, your Romulan warbird. The Klingon vessel is clearly the original series version of the Negvar. That's a duh. The only one I wish they would have done a little differently is the Atlas Dreadnought for the Feds. I get it. It's a, To me, it's okay. It looks nice. But for that particular... You know, I guess design. I wish they would have gone more towards the Proxima, which has already been out there in multiple other Star Trek games, including uh, Star Trek Legacy. And it's that same four nacelle heavy dreadnought Federation starship from that era. And maybe there was a licensing issue getting it, and that's why they had to come out with the Atlas, which looks, it has a similar design to it with the four nacelles and all that. But for me, having the Proxima would have been, to me, better looking, skin-wise. But, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with them. If I can luck out and get one of them, it's going to be a nice addition to the fleet. The consoles are nice. Though, right now, I'm drooling over the NX class, trying to find a way to get it. Well, um, I'm not going to buy your kidney off you, so maybe someone else on the panel might. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was afraid I was going to sell one of them, but I got two of them. I only need one. Yeah, you only need the one. Yeah, I just need the one. <laughs> um, my my thoughts on the physical design of them is that the Federation one seems very similar to the Federation battleship that came out with Agents of Yesterday with the four nacelles. It's just it looks like it's been squished down a little bit. Now the four nacelle one was the Sagittarius. Look at this. Yeah, the Sagittarius was the the future one, I think. But or the, Gem Gemini, the past one, the Gemini. That's the it, Gemini. Yeah. yeah, and it it does look like it could share some lineage with that mix between that and maybe like a little bit of the Ranger and everything. I mean, just to me, 
it looked like it looks like uh, you change a little bit of it, like just spread it out some more, and you've got the Proxima. As for the the Romulan one, that harks back to the idea that's been going about for years and years and years that in the original series the birds of prey didn't have warp drives but they were taken places and dropped off by these beasts i've just seen them going around social media that reports of john hurt has just died he's been um battling um, i think it was um, pancreatic cancer for quite a while uh, he's been in a lot of things including science fiction um, over the years. He was the war doctor in Doctor Who. He was indeed. The dragon in Merlin. Yeah. So Stu, you were talking about the starships, so we can get on a slightly happier note. Yeah, the um, the Romulan one has the sort of the Romulan carrier vibe that's been written about in many a book since the 60s, about how these guys would drop off the birds of prey in battle zones and then they'd come back later and pick them up if they'd survived. Um, as for the Klingon one, yeah, I like the idea of the, the sort of bulkier warship of the fleet to go alongside the the smaller D7 cruisers. Although, all the, all the numbers are now starting to really confuse me, because they keep just D, D1, D3, D12, because those chicks don't even know the name of my ship. It's, hmm. Just give them a Klingon name for God's sake. Call it the Kirta Clock or whatever. Stop giving things numbers. That's lazy. <laughs> hey, um, with season twelve, um, so briefly talked about aspects that have gone live. So of course we've got the anniversary event. So we've got back all the Omega particle scanning. Um, is there a party popper this year? I haven't had a chance to look. There is. There is. There is, and it's a facepalm moment. I'll warn everybody now when you get it. I believe last year's it would shoot out like gold coins and all that. You know, like it was like three different things. There was this exploding year, cake in one of them as well. It was yeah. It was last year's. It was <laughs> coin. It was a cupcake, and then it was something else. This year, there's only one animation to it. And I made for sure there's only one so I, because I pressed the button like 800 times. And I have to, I'm, I'm facepalming while I do this. You press it, you fire your horn off in the air, and a crap ton of your gummy Swedish fish fall from the sky like rain and land on the ground. <laughs> and as you keep Epic. pressing it, more red Swedish fish drop from the sky and hit the ground. And that's all they do. They flop around for a bit and then they die. So if you want to make it rain fish, you can this year. I want to make it rain fish everywhere I go. Does it do the really big one that swallows you whole? No, I've only, ones? I've, I've only seen one animation for it. It's just a whole bunch of the smaller ones falling. The, they're about the size of the gummy fish swords that you could buy during the winter event. Um, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I kept trying to see if there was something else. I didn't see anything else. I facepalmed. I looked back up at the screen. I did a Captain Picard facepalm, and then I just put it away for a while. 
Well, as well as the anniversary event, you've also got the new kit crafting school that's been released, the new reputation system, two new queues, the new featured episode, and when you play the featured episode this week, um, you'll get 500 of the coupons towards the... 400. New... What did I say? You said 500. Did I? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, it's 400. Um, you'll get... Fo- I nearly went to say 500 again for some reason. <laughs> so, yes, you'll get 400 of the tokens towards the event ship. So, um, yeah, that takes you 40% of the way. So um, that's exactly where I am. Yeah, I did the math. If you get, if you got the first day's worth, which was yesterday, of forty from the daily, you got the daily today, and you got the four hundred from the mission. You should be if you are just doing the dailies, and let's say you're doing it right after work when you get home, you'll unlock the Lucari starship. It should be around the eleventh or the twelfth of February, so about two weeks and some change to unlock it just by doing the daily if you do the mission so two weeks you get a starship note that that unlocks for every character on your account so you only need to do it to do the 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 event on one once on one character but the thing is with the new mission and the 400 i would recommend doing that on any characters that you want marks on because those can be traded for marks once you've got the ship. Yeah, just don't um, plot any of the projects first. Um, just leave them on all the projects be until after you've got the ship. Yeah, because the, the mark trading will open up after you've got the ship. So if you do this mission on a couple of your characters, that's 400 marks of your choice. So that's worth going for. Same, I haven't got a lot of characters. <laughs> Lol's midnight. If only I had the time. I and had a chance to do it on my main character yet. And uh, it is worth doing the mission any the mission anyway because the three piece space set that's you're awarded from the mission links directly to the warp core that comes on the Lucari ship. So if you want the entire four-piece set, you got to do the mission three times and get this Lucari starship. It's going to be the same as the Kobali starship from what was it two years ago? If you you know you can get the Kobali set still the three-piece, but you can't get the warp core anymore because you can't get the ship unless it's in the Phoenix box. It's going to be the same yeah. thing with the Braden set. You're gonna ha- if you want the Braden warp core. You're going to have to get the starship th- this year. So uh, guess what I found out? I found out that Piezo or Piezo is Greek for electric. So it's electric Polarons? Essentially, yeah. I like that. Sounds electrifying. Positively electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. I know that was quite shocking. Oh, it's fine. I'm just glad they changed the look of them. They've got this like electric green look to them now. I checked Ooh, it out on Triple. Nice. Yeah, so it's they're, they're, when they originally came out. It was just they had placeholder colors for them, um, but now that they've updated it on Triple, so that if you really wanted to see what they look like, you could see them. They look nice. So uh, yeah, the ship comes with 
Protomatter Field Projector. Oh. And this is the um, the Lakari ship, of course. Oh. Hokan science ship. Yeah, Hokun. Hakun. Hmm. Um, it comes with. Next anniversary ship is going to be called the Matata. Oh, oh, that would be perfect. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> the Matata Vorgan Dreadnought from Risa. You've got the Braden Warp Cores or um, Braden Resistance Warp Core. Um, Reconnaissance, sorry. Um, you've got Overcharged Warp Cores. Um, you've got, um, of course, Singularity Cores. And uh, it comes with its own bridge as well. Now, something that interests me about this warp core is that it gives you a buff when you use slipstream, so you can go a little bit faster. From it's basically well, like the Borg warp core from the Tosh uh, set. I'll speak on that one. There isn't a normal boost like any other core. Like When I think of the speed boost, I'm thinking of the temporal warp core, because if you get any warp core right now, like if I have my Iconian it says maximum warp factor 12.3. If you have the temporal core, it's like 14.5. Um, the Braden core, I have the Lucari ship, I'm sitting on it right now. It's 12.3. The boost that it's getting is 0.2 slipstream speed bonus, and it gives you a plus 100% turn rate while in slipstream. So you can at least turn better while you're in slipstream, and it's a marginal boost of slipstream speed. Now, you no, wait, is that, is, that, is, that the, is that the clickable slipstream, or is that anything over warp 10 slipstream? The clickable. Okay. When you click on slipstream, this core will give you an additional 100% turn rate value over anything else when you are in slipstream. Because if you're in slipstream, you can hardly turn. Right. This will double that turn rate, at least. Well, I, I, I say this because, like I said, this, this warp core, looking at the stats for the warp core, I I looked at it and, and I, was, I was like, well, this is just the Borg warp core from the Tal Shiar ships. That's, that's what this is. It's well, faster it's, slipstream it's, speed. It's not that bad. I mean, I'm, I've got her at ultra rare right now because, you know, I wanted to see what, what she looks like. And right now at Mark 14 ultra rare, the Braden Re- Reconnaissance warp core. Plus 20 control expertise. So if you like science, you like a lot of control abilities, it gives you plus 20 control expertise. It's giving you aux power as an additional and as a, at your maximum, so you can exceed 125. Aux power to engine power. You get the slipstream bonus and turn rate. And at ultra rare, and this is where it's going to throw people off where they're not going to want to upgrade it. At ultra rare, the mod is EWS. 1% chance when hit with energy weapons to grant plus 10 weapon power. Why would that turn people off? Because it's the last time we saw this this mod was the Breen Warp Core. Because ever since the Breen Warp Core, when they started bringing out the new ones in any of the reputations, they all get amp because of that damage bonus, because of your power levels. So this is the first Warp Core since the Breen ship to have something like this. And the Breen Warp Core was 10 aux power. But it's a 1% chance while you're getting hit. So if you're not getting hit hardly at all, especially if you're in a run with, let's say, a, a threat tank, you have no chance of getting that plus 10 weapon power. 
But if you're running an efficiency build, you're already getting, like, pretty damn high weapons power anyway. Yeah. You're getting high weapon, you're getting high everything across the board. And with this warp core, you can actually take power that you've allocated to, to, um, to auxiliary and remove it from auxiliary so it forces it into the others. Yeah, it's just the the mod itself, that ultra rare mod. It's not going to be something people are. I don't see a lot of usefulness for it, just because it's it's a one percent chance, and you have to get hit. So it's not something like a. It's not like your well, weapon mod. It's not mods. like you're not going to get hit ever. But it's one of those things. It's it, if you're firing eight weapons at a target, your two point five percent chance of a mod going off, it does go up, but. It's going off of just energy weapons, and we know a lot of NPCs now are using a lot of torpedoes. So you're going yeah, up against. Think of, think of uh, you've played the new Q. Think of how many NPC ships are in each of those little groups of things firing more than one energy weapon at you at a time. Oh, I understand that, but we're going on a one percent chance when you're hit. So each time you get hit, it's a one percent chance. You have a ninety-nine percent chance of you're just getting hit. Because so of that, it's one out of every one hundred hits. Yeah, you would probably get this thing, and it's not something that stacks either. So it's just plus ten weapon power, and then if if it goes off again, it just refreshes. I don't, I don't see the issue here. I really don't. Comparatively, if I was to have a warp core that had amp, and I'm getting, you know, I'm already keeping my power levels high anyway, and I'm getting. 3.3% all damage boost per power level that's above 75. So, you know, you're running a high enough leech drain build. You got enough drain expertise and you've got a plasmonic leech. You're getting 13% all damage boost to your build where you can, because of that, you can have a little bit more tankiness in it or you can replace a console with a heal. By comparison, the utility of the mod on the Brayden is not as appealing. It's mainly the utility of which is more useful kind of deal. It's not that people won't find a use for it. It's just the utility is less useful than, let's say, a Elite Fleet Plasma Integrated Warp Core from the Fleet Spire. So you're talking about people running, like, super meta math numbers. Well, even, even if I'm running a budget build... Even if I'm running something that's just like mission rewards and I'm using one of those cores. I mean, to me, on the budget level, I would run this core. But I would not upgrade it to ultra rare. Because to me, you know, upgrading, spending all that dilithium to get this particular mod would not be worth it. But everything else sitting on there, including the engine capacitor that's the activatable, is worth it to me. Because the activatable on the core... When you activate it, it cleanses all movement debuffs. It puts your engines back online if they're offline, and then you get engine power setting for 20 seconds. Well, I'd probably... Like, that utility is good. I'd say stick it out on the test server and see what the epic uh, proc is for it. Well, the epic for all all warp cores is 7.5% of your weapon power gets put into shield power. That's... That's for every warp core out there. That's ridiculous, considering uh, the warp cores are all built for different things anyway. 
Yeah, but that's that's a standard epic mod for all warp cores is weapon power to shield power. It's Maybe just Maybe this will have a new one. Well, no, that's Maybe. that's a that's a standardized cuz they said that the epic mods for any particular item would be a standard mod. You could get something different at ultra rare, but um when it comes to epic like when you epic out a weapon, a space weapon, you're going to get accuracy damage. Doesn't matter what space weapon it is, you'll always get accuracy damage as the epic mod. Um, that's what they have for the the warp cores. It's always weapon power to shield power. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying people won't find a use for it. They they that they won't find a use for it even with this mod. I'm just saying for me, I would not spend the dilithium to upgrade it, knowing that this is the ultra rare mod that I spend all that dilithium for. I wouldn't. Others might, but at the same time, I'm looking at this, and this is going to be a nice free set from a mission, especially if you get the warp core for a budget build. Honestly, so I, I see, I see I, uses for it. Honestly, at this point, I don't care about what's on the ship itself. I just want the ship so that my 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 pig girl can actually use a rainbow ship with rainbow weapons. Well, the other thing that's on this ship that I, I actually love is the console that Midnight was talking about. The Protomatter Field Projector. I love the console. It's and the it's the um it's the deployable biotech turret in space just as a console. Well, it's giving you plus twenty hull restoration and plus twenty shield restoration. So it's improving your hull and shield healing. When you activate it. And it says act while active all allies within three kilometers. But when you activate it, it heals you as well. Plus three hundred percent shield regeneration, plus two hundred and fifty percent hull regeneration. I activated this console in as in Kethy Front Advanced when the Starbase, the Klingon Starbase, was at about forty percent, and I had already I'd gone down to like twenty five percent hull. So I just got next to the star base, trying to protect it, pop this console. It healed me back to full health, and it healed the star base back to full health in less than 10 seconds. Cool. That sounds like, it was, impressive. It was a massive... It's I consider it kind of like the Kobali Regenerative Integrity Field console. That one heals based off of incoming damage. It gives you... a a standard heal, and then it bases the heal off of the damage you take in and converting it. Um, whereas this one is just you press the button and it skyrockets your natural healing ability to ungodly levels. And since it's a console that can go on any starship in the game, if you feel you're squishy and you didn't get the Kobali console two years ago, this is going to be about just as good. Because it's added in shield restoration too, so it can not only heal your hull, it'll put your shields back to full as well. I love that. I love having that option. Eh, like I said, I really, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care about any of the stuff on the ship. I just want the ship with a rainbow trail, so I can put rainbow beams on it and fly around in the LSS fry angle. Yeah, I have to admit, my science character's rolling in the Vesta at the moment. Um, from way back when I got the. Uh, <laughs> the three fest the three vestas together, should I say. And uh the character could do with a bit of an upgrade. 
Okay, so we've also had a new blog that's been replaced called All Our Crusades. Now this is one of the roleplay blogs from, I think it's the Zenkethi. Um, I haven't had time to read it all. What did you guys think of it? Oh boy, another trope blog! Now that must mean that uh, what you're going to say Alex has put in his feedback? I do not know because I've not <laughs> read his feedback. So yeah, this blog starts off with us essentially watching an interaction going on between Zinkethi on a Zinkethi ship. And we get a little bit of history of of what's called the the essentially the upper echelons of of Zinkethi society and how they have their names and yada 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 and essentially what we have is the same old story someone thinks something doesn't make sense they're they currently see themselves they currently see themselves as the enemy of the species of the alpha quadrant period it doesn't matter what species in the alpha quadrant they're the enemy of they are the enemy of the alpha quadrant species period and somebody thinks what's going on with this with this race isn't right, so they feel they must do something about it. And because they feel they must do something about it, they are then either shunned or, well, they go rogue. And what happens in this blog? They go rogue. Nice. To me, and son, you can disagree with me, um, but to me... It screams similarity to the Voth, and that little how the Voth. Oh, well, I don't disagree. Because because you rogue. had that one scientist when you're going through the reputation. That one scientist did not believe in what they were doing with the doctrine and that right. kind of thing, so he defected. And it kind of seems like that they're not. They have their own kind of doctrine. There, it's the path of violence or it's the path of peace. So they have their own doctrine, philosoph- uh, philosophical way of life that can change depending on what the leadership has told them or what they want to do. Um, and while, you know, it doesn't seem like it's an original thought basis for it, the way they're approaching it, I happen to like that. It is a very I'm, sort I'm, of Voyager sort of storyline. There was, you know, the Herosian who was sort of fed up with all the hunting and stuff, so he wanted to use holodecks so his race didn't wipe themselves out. There was the the little guy who was like the first officer of the Krenum weapon ship who was a bit, uh, this is all getting samey. I want to revolt and mutiny against the captain. That sort of story thread isn't really original, but it is a very Star Trek thing that's been going about for a long time. No, I just, I, I happen to, you know, I liked how that was because the whole Voth thing of the defectors and going against Doctrine, that's even been explored in the books. There's well, actually... I'm a- not, I'm not saying that, I'm not, I've, I'm not saying that, that, that this is, this is new or anything or that it's, or that it's bad. I'm just saying it's, it's literally the same story. And I mean, like, it is, it is, Kind of a carbon copy of the Voth story. The whole thing of the Voth is we were we're the original. We are the alpha species for every quadrant, especially the Delta quadrant. This technology is obviously ours because we are that. And then there's this guy going, 
these people are fucking insane. No, this isn't our technology. There is absolutely everything to the contrary that this is our technology. I need to get out of here and warn these other people who are here because my people are going to go freaking nuts trying to clean these people, you know, cl cleanse this thing of all of these people who are not them. That's, ex that's exactly the same story that's going on right now. In this blog, it's we're at war with the, all these people in the in the Alpha Quadrant, and uh, we're about to go to war, and we're doing all these crazy crap with Proto Matter. We, this is this isn't right. This isn't right. We need to we need to do something about this. And we had the same thing out of we had the same thing out of the Temporal War. You have you had the entire war blog where there's this Tutarian that goes, what our leaders are doing with making all these alternate universes, this shit isn't right. It's crazy. I need to go warn the Federation that they're doing this stuff. We, we've had this exact story over and over and over again just in Star Trek Online. It's a trope at this point. Well, they obviously think it's a working formula. <laughs> well, even if it is a trope at this point, I you know, it's... To me, I like how they're doing it, especially the way they're describing it in the blog, as far as the story blog. Um, just how they ended it, I I want to make I want to see what what happens. Is it just gonna be something in the story blog? Is it something that them defecting show up in the in the game itself as part of a mission? You know, I wouldn't mind seeing where they're gonna take this, even if we know it is a rehash of a rehash of a rehash. I want to know where it's going because the writing is good. Yeah, you know what. I if I remember correctly, with that Voth uh, science of, uh, doctor, they, they told you that he defected, didn't they? You didn't actually see him defect, did you? No, no, he actually defected because he's the Voth officer you get at the end of yeah. that reputation. Ah, Neelan, gotcha. Neelan Exil. Yeah, he's he's the actual one you rescue in the in the sphere. Right, yeah, that makes sense now. But no, we, we you know, at this point, the 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 most unique approach to that storyline is what we saw out of the Breen series with with uh, Tran. Yeah, that 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 is literally the most unique form of this of this fallback from making things make sense that we've ever seen. And even then, we never really saw a follow up to that. Yeah, sure. We got a bridge officer at the end. If you play during the the whatever it is, the featured episode re rerun thing, yeah, sure, you get a bridge a brain bridge officer. But that's not really a follow up to this brain civil war that's supposedly going on. But that does open the door. Like, how are they going to close off this? Are we going to get a Zenkethi bridge officer so we can have one of these uh, doom monster mancubus kind of dudes walking around behind us? The things, the things that almost instantly die to, to the radiation gun I got yeah. during the last crystalline entity event, and that's what I noticed. <laughs> it was like you know I'm going through with all these different things. Now I use my KDF tune, and that's all she has is the radiation gun, and it's like three pulses, and they're done. And it's not even a maxed out weapon, and I'm like, wow. But maybe that you know that this is how it leads into we get a Zenkethi bridge officer, we get Zenkethi duty officers. This could be how they lead up to us getting access to Zenkethi starships out of a lockbox in the future. Well, they gave us the plans, so the Ferengi consortium, seeing profit in the wind, is building and offering you know you know whatever the thing is. Um, but I just wouldn't mind seeing an end to it, seeing where they're going to take this whole trope of 
they're defecting because the path of violence is not the answer. Just where where are they going to take it? No, that reminds me, going back to the, the, the undiscovered lockbox, har, 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 sixth movie, yeah, whatever. Uh, do any of those dreadnoughts have temporal seating? No. Yeah, so why are they so. in the lockbox right now? What was the explanation behind that? Well, I think the only reason they didn't have temporal seating is they were trying to leave the whole temporal thing behind the moment they started a new dawn what was it? New Dawn slash um, Reckoning. They were trying to leave Temporal. Well, yeah, I understand entirely that, behind. Yeah, I think that's why the, they don't. What's, what's the lore reasoning behind suddenly having these twenty third century ships in now? I mean, because Lord knows there wasn't a Romulan warbird dreadnought parked at K thirteen. Hey, you guys! I've got an idea. What's that? Let's take all this old Federation stuff. And sell it back to them. <laughs> Again, but where did it come from? From the surplus depot at Quaylor 2, of course. <laughs> you need to stop that. Just, just cut it out. <laughs> now, see, if that was actually in the Undiscovered blog, yeah, I would accept that. I used some chemocyte in my Ferengi pod and went back in time and stole it all. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, son. There could have been an explanation, even a remote one as to why, instead of just all of a sudden, well, we're, ce we're celebrating the undiscovered country in Rathacon with these weapons and these ships and, you know, the peak of the 23rd century. And well, wait, they, I they have could to ask, have. Well, I have to ask this question, too. The, the, the ground weapons, are those really undiscovered country? Because the pistol looks like the Enterprise era pistol. No, I will tell you because I've memorized the look of this pistol. That is the Star Trek VI pistol, the same and one the Scotty small used. Green one is from Star Trek Three. Because I can, I could have sworn that the phase compression pistol that they used in Enterprise looked exactly like that. Mm -mm. Now the those weapons there—you're looking at the the weapons that were used in Star Trek Six. That's what the assassins used on Gorkon. Yeah. That's yeah, what um, Valeris used to vaporize the pot in the galley. That's yeah. The because uh, the uh, the pistol is the uh, the pistol in the galley, and what Scotty used to hit the assassin, Colonel West. Colonel West was using the the rifle, and then the Lobby store phaser that they took out until they fixed it, because apparently it was already broken before it came out. That particular phaser is the one you see in Star Trek II from the Wrath of Khan, the one that Kirk uses only once, and it's used to vaporize that little bug thing that comes out of your ear. But he only uses it once. That's where that phaser came from. Then the pulse, fa the pulse phasers are supposed to be what they used pretty much in Star Trek II, but just referencing that era. Yeah, but, um, I saw the phaser there from Star Trek Three as well that the guards in the, the mental hospital have. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen that. That might be... A, I gotta see if it's on the, in the exchange. I just have the one from Star Trek VI. There was a picture of it in one of the blogs. It was the, the green one. Like the It was a one-piece phaser pistol. It didn't separate down into smaller, smaller parts or anything like that. Okay. So you mentioned that that phaser was bugged out. So... 
would that be a good cue to move on to patch notes? <laughs> no issues. I say uh, go for it. Go for it. Because, yeah, we had two patches so far this week. We had one Thursday and one Friday, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did. So Thursday's patch was basically the entire new season and everything in it and associated with it, as well as several quality of life changes as well. You got a whole massive bit of map just sort of deposited into the Alpha Quadrant. What's with well the as... warning buoys around the First Federation? I thought yes, that was cool. When you no, approach I, I, the First no, it's, Federation... it's cool. I just I don't understand why there's warning buoys around the First Federation, because the whole thing about the Corbomite maneuver was the fact that there was an exchange of officers between... Well, not really an exchange of officers. The Enterprise lent the First Federation a human to study humanity. Maybe they're still studying him. So apparently when you approach First Federation space, you get a big warning saying... Oh, we're not allowed to enter First Federation space. Yeah, and you're actually not. There's an invisible barrier. If you try to cross it, you are you run into it and you stop. Maybe they're going to add that later. It's possible. The First Federation might help you combat proto-matter. I don't know. There was, um, weren't there talks of that ages ago when they first uh, changed the maps around and things like that? They, they, a lot of people were saying that they was going to add the First Federation with the, uh, the Betazoid and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, that's that was the whole thing of the exploration sector originally. the The exploration sector, the idea of the exploration sector was that it was supposed to be kind of this foundry based area. And it was supposed to be the founders of the Federation sector space, and it would include it would include uh, uh, you know the, the Fasarius homeworld of the First Federation. It would include all of these other member worlds that we hadn't seen, and it would basically be a sector space for the Foundry, which would be awesome. But then they decided not to do that. Well. I never took that as a definite. That I always took that that was one of the ideas that was talked about. Well, it was talked about for several years until they decided not to do it. At the end of the day, it comes it 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 wholly comes down to them doing something, them applying the wherewithal to do a thing. That's that's it. That's all, you know. They talk about pushing all this technology and all this kind of stuff and make things happen and making the technology to do things that they've not done before, like the little flying pancakes for agents of yesterday. It, all it comes down to is them have sitting down and having the wherewithal to do the thing. Like the interview we had with one of the devs months ago. The lighting updates we would have never gotten had somebody gone, not gone, let's put all of our stuff on console. It would have never come because nobody would have had the wherewithal to sit down and make it happen. Well, either way, I hope they obviously do something about it in terms of whether they put new content in or not. I mean, wasn't wasn't we talking about it earlier where they said that they had, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they had content in the pipeline up until basically next year, 2018. Yeah, they've got the next 18 months mapped out, but they usually have that much stuff mapped out and it's just loosely mapped out as things get released and other things changed. It does change as it goes along. Yeah, the, the point I try to make is that maybe they've got that 
loosely mapped out in the pipeline. Maybe it's going to coincide with one of the stories. You know, agency yesterday's backwards, coming forwards maybe, or something along the lines. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, who knows? And um, so, yeah, most of the stuff from Thursday was actually all the new updates. And um, then Friday, we had an extra update. Um, so, um, what was the difference? The, the, I think the Friday update was mainly to fix the Zinketi battle zone not working like it's supposed to. Which, which supposedly, it's still broken for people. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I haven't played any of that yet. Yeah, apparently completing the objectives in the Zinketi battle zone um, spawns the boss, but once you defeat the boss, the zone does not reset. Yeah. Hmm. Uh-oh, you're stuck. <laughs> so, all of those maps are apparently in a current constant state of being completed and not resetting. <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> what happened the other day with the uh, the currency being there but not being there? Oh, the everyone's Terran Marks counter was set to zero. Although... <laughs> They actually still had Terran marks. It was kind of like going to the bank machine, but the bank machine is giving you no information. I know, I saw a picture of an ATM. It made me chuckle. (laughs) (laughs) But that uh, is noted as being fixed in Friday's patch. Okay, that's good. Okay. Meanwhile, there's still, like, a whole load of clothes for Orion females on the KDF side that are just horribly, horribly mismatched with the Klingon, well, with the with the with the various boot options for Orions. That uh, that is to say, like several of the different leg options clip through the boots in the back for some unknown reason. I noticed that when we got day one's thing. Because here I am trying on the Intel pants, and the Intel pants don't want to work with any other of the, like, the Iconian boots or the the really tall Toss boots. They don't want to work with that. Nope, nope, nope. Those legs will clip right through those boots. Didn't bother to give my Orion, like, clothes. She just came sort of, like, half naked, so I just left her like that. Okay. I mean, I, I understand I'm the freak for wanting to put, you know, pants on an Orion, so okay. Hold on, wait a minute. The Ferengi is channeling clothed females. Yes, Quark. Do you have a problem with progress? So, geese. Um, yes. Moving on to some console news. Yes. Um, as far so, as I'm aware, there hasn't been any console updates that have been put on the website yet. Now, you mentioned already that. Um, Agents of Yesterday is coming to the consoles and there's a new fleet holding special unlock I believe yeah that's right um, I also mentioned that, that they've just put on today that there's a 20% ship sale so if you want to get your new ships in now for the console just jump straight on it um, the fleet holdings are okay <laughs> uh, I mean I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's it's unlocked special interior decorations, so you can kind of take that how you want to take that. 
But yeah, it's just another one of these projects that will make things look pretty and is a dilithium dump. Um, so, very small fleets. If they work them like they work the PC, I would say once they've done their run, um, they'll be available just to get them in any order and everything else as and when your fleet can afford to actually use them. Yeah, that's right. Um, pretty much like you have to add dilithium to them. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'm pretty sure that a lot. Oh, you're cutting out there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people will be uh, interested in the interior designs of their star bases. Although you do have to pump a lot of dilithium into it, so it's a bit of yeah. cut and chase, really. Yeah. So it's the same amount. Um. One thing to note, of course, for any console players that haven't played before, it is um, when you get the Dilithium Mine leveled up, is you get, of course, discounts on the, even your project contributions for your amount of Dilithium required. So, um, so yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that's my advice of this, of this podcast show, to be honest. Go straight for the Dilithium Mine... Do that up to level three as quickly as you can, and then it pretty much helps with a flat-out bonus for the rest of the uh, projects, if you like. Yeah, because it, it actually stacks. So, first of all, the first tier you get basically 3%, and then you get 5%, sorry, you get 4%, then 5%, then 6%, and they all stack. So, overall, you get a 15% discount. Just a quick remark regarding discounts. Is the Armada system on consoles yet? Um, I don't think so. I haven't. Don't remember hearing anything. Um, but if anyone know, it would be geese. Yeah, I'll have to double check that one. Um, and I'll probably have that probably have that in a lot more detail for next week's show. Uh, only because I want to look at that quite closely. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it. Although I could be wrong because I haven't. I haven't played console in the last week. I've been a bit of a naughty boy, to be honest. Uh, ah, that had internet problems. It's understandable. Yeah, that and that, <laughs> that and the PC version's been luring me away. How dare it! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'll have to check on that and get back to you for next week. But um, really excited for Agents of Yesterday to come. Um, you know, it just goes to show that they're putting more and more content out to catch up with the PC fan base. And, uh, yeah, it should be good. Okay. So, on to Star Trek timelines. So, um, we've got a new event out this weekend. So, um, this one is giving out Lieutenant Wesley and also Captain Q. So, um... Yeah, I've got a couple of the queues already. Um, you can also get from their Captain Q as well as Human Q. They're both super rare. You can get Lieutenant Wesley Crusher, which is a new character, and that is legendary. And then you've got the Traveller, and that one is legendary as well. So... Uh, um, yeah, this event that they've got going is the crafting event at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of that. I decided the last couple of days, um, 
while I was waiting for stuff to happen. Um, yeah, I was just playing some timelines, so I went down from having 6,000 chronotons to now having 400. That got my dock leveled to legendary, um, um, four star. So yeah, um, I've been trying to do what I can when I can with my brief moments of the uh, gameplay. Has anybody else been playing the event so far this week? Nope. <laughs> now that you mention it, I can finally check it because I forgot about it. <laughs> mm, not on timelines. I've been playing it. Popped my head in, but I didn't really do much. I didn't have the stuff that I needed to craft anything and I didn't have any chronotons so I just logged out again. <laughs> Although I have just found out and I don't, I mean but um, Facebook have like a, a games app or like a games hub if you like that you can go to and it's got uh, timelines on there so you can actually play like timelines on your desktop and or laptop, or whatever else you use, as well as your tablets and phones and whatnot. Yeah, we first mentioned that several weeks ago now, I think it was. Ah. I did add... That's the first game that I actually I've added in Facebook. And, um, yeah, same way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things weren't quite sorted properly. Um, now, um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, <laughs> I started thinking about something completely different. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I was actually busy just uh, leveling up the um, characters and uh, doing the events that I hadn't actually realised that I'd gone through thousands of chronotons and then suddenly realised and went, mm. but um, yeah, I'm, I'm building up my collection of cues finally. So. So I've seen all these different cues come out, and yeah, every time sort of hadn't got. But um, oh yeah, that was the thought that I was thinking of um, with Facebook. Is I couldn't get my um, mind to work properly because, of course, trying to connect an existing account up when it's already in and it's it wasn't quite working. So I haven't gone back to the desktop version yet. So, but. Uh, yeah, that's the only news um, from that part. Um, they also sent out an email um, saying about important information regarding Galaxy event errors. Um, so they found some problems um, during the Galaxy events, um, which has been identified, and a fix will go live in the near future. Um, so. Um, what they've said is some of our players have experienced server errors while building items during Galaxy events. Our engineers have been working hard at work on this. The cause has been identified and a fix will go live in the near future. In the meantime, to avoid encountering this issue, captains are advised to force close the game when not played instead of leaving it open in the background. This should prevent the issue from occurring. Please note that when this error occurs, the item is still built and available to use, but you may need to restart the game to see the updated recipe. So, but I must admit, I don't recall um, seeing any problems while I was using it. Uh, but, uh, as with most of these things with uh, games, is 
what will work on one system doesn't always work on another. I mean, they send me mail in-game and say, oh yeah, we had this problem and something totally didn't work properly. Sorry, here's a massive stack of chronotons. And like, I never even noticed there was something wrong. I guess that's that's... Uh, that's kind of how that stuff should work. I mean, it's like the people who don't notice a bug don't notice the bug. The people who are affected by the bug are like, hey, there's this bug. And then the team comes back and says, hey, we know a whole bunch of you who were affected. Here's a thing. In fact, everybody, here's a thing. Yeah, so anyone who didn't have the problems like, oh, free stuff. And anyone who did have the problems like, ah, compensation. It's almost like Timelines has somewhat of a PR department that actually works. Well, not really. Um, but no, uh, to begin with, when we first started getting these crafting events, uh, I wasn't too keen on them. But I've actually grown more fond of them than the other events that they do, strangely enough. And I can't figure out why. Because you have thousands upon thousands of useless tat that you can craft into stuff now to put into an event and get ahead enough to get like all the all the characters. Yeah, but because those crafting events came out after we'd already been playing for so long, I was already like that anyway. So anyway, um yeah, it's not been much news out of uh, Star Trek Timelines this week. So, um, yeah, we'll keep you posted if we hear anything else next week. Okay, so let's move along to some Star Trek news. So I've got an article down here that was up on the Star Trek website regarding the designing of the first Cardassian warship, the classic Galore class. So Rick Sternbach established the Cardassian's design lineage with his design of the Galore-class cruiser that first appeared in TNG Season 4 episode The Wounded. The initial designs and plans for the ship had a scorpion-like design with the tail up in an attack position, but it was fleshed out into a more sort of Egyptian ank-looking craft, which Sternbach found quite appropriate as the Cardassians were like the pharaohs of the Bajoran slaves. The original models itself was designed to have extra little bits stuck onto it, and that became the the Keldon class, which appeared a few times during DS9, but the Galore itself appeared in 29 episodes, including two episodes of Voyager. Well, that's 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 how the... um... Excelsior refit happened. It got extra bits stuck on it. Yes, they stuck that extra bit on it to get knocked off so Kirk could die. Wait, repeat that? They stuck the extra bits on it so as the lightning bolt from the Nexus could zap it. Um, okay. I I thought Sulu's was like that too. Nah, Sulu's was just standard. The same model from Star Trek Three. But there was a big sort of, they had issues with the bit that they stuck onto it because they couldn't get them off again. And uh, yeah, really that's worried what, about yeah, damaging that's, the model. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the The original Excelsior model doesn't have the little the little fin thingies on the front of the nacelle and the back of the nacelle because those were um, 
those were things to hold it while it was in storage. And when they drug it out for the next couple of films, they couldn't quite pull those things off. So they just painted over them and made it a refit, which is why I really want to say Sulu's in the Undiscovered Country had those little bits too. I'm talking about a total different bit of the craft than you are. Oh, okay. That's that's where the confusion's coming from. Um, I was thinking you meant the bits around the deflector dish. I never really paid attention to the deflector dish. It's always been the nacelles that have been the most noticeable refit thing to me. They gave it a... Now you're a legs person then. I've always been a legs person. I fully 100% admit that. He says, what do you like, tits or ass? I'm like, does nobody like legs anymore? What's your favorite part of chicken? The legs? Not the feathers, then. Definitely not the feathers. <laughs> it's the only part of the chicken that I can handle without doing the whole, like, that stuff. Y- yeah, I-, I understand the whole the whole deathly allergic to, to fowl thing. Okay. Fowl. Okay. So, um... You've got something for this time in Star Trek history. January 26, 1967. The original series episode Tomorrow's Yesterday first aired. It celebrates its 50th anniversary. The Enterprise travelled back in time to the 60s after an incident with a high-gravity star and is very promptly intercepted by the US Air Force. Using the tractor beam on the planes results in their destruction but they managed to rescue the pilot from one of the planes, who turns out to be the ancestor of a prolific astronaut who, you know, if he's not sent back, the whole future of space travel will be in jeopardy and there'll be all sorts of crazy stuff happening and dogs and cats living together and so on and so forth. And this is the one where they do this strange beaming thing which just magically fixes everything and wipes minds. Strange beaming thing? Well, they beam him back into his plane, don't they? Um, he forgets everything that is just gone on and right at the end is how it ends, isn't it? They go oh. back in time again and beam him in at the same time that he would have seen the ship. And Yeah, so they they go back in time sort of before themselves. Yeah. And they beam him into himself somehow. And yeah, he just instantly forgets everything happened because it didn't quite happen. And yeah, it's just they run out of ideas on what they could do. And it's just like, I know we will use something to just transfer matter from one place to another to do something completely different. Intermerge him with himself. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's like, no. It's temporal reintegration before the, the temporal, uh, uh, whatever the hell that office is called. In before the, the, the. In the 29th century. Department of Temporal Investigations. Well, not even that, just, no, not even that, just the attachment that all the people from the temporal whatever it was... Temporal mechanics. Uh, uh, in, on the whales were assigned to. That has to be an entire division of Starfleet now. 
But like here they were in the Toss era doing temporal reintegration for a trial. Uh, they were doing all kinds trial. of crazy stuff in TNG. Like they they were going back in time to study Earth and everything mad like that. That wasn't TNG. That was TOS. TOS. Yes, that's what I meant. Mm. Sorry. Ah, right. I, okay. Yeah. You need to fix my brain. It's broken again. By the yeah. way, there's this giant whale in front of Earth. Everybody, don't go. Don't go to Earth. Start the United Federation of Planets somewhere else, because this this whale thing is killing us. Oh, by the way, Kirk, damn it, why the hell are you calling us? We got an emergency over here. What do you mean you're going back in time? Wait, stop, no! Fixes everything. <laughs> oh, he was doing it before that. Uh, Gary Seven. Yeah. Uh, hang on, was Gary Seven after that or before that? No, no, it was before that, because, yeah, this is the one where they're sent back to um, just monitor things, weren't they? Yeah. No, it wasn't, that wasn't Gary 7. That was where No Man Has Gone Before. No, no, I'm saying that I was trying to figure out where the Gary 7 episode came in relation to this episode. Oh, Which yeah, one? yeah, no, but the, the Gary 7 episode wasn't a time travel episode. Where okay, no I thought he was before. a guy from the future with black cat. He is. That's the time travel aspect of it. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of Charlie X. See, Toss, you have some <laughs> mean names. See that. <sighs> now I understand why Stu is confused about things called <laughs> D20 and D12 and D9 and D6 and F14 and Bingo. Just gonna get a big Klingon ship and call it M and M because I don't care about like D12s and D7s anymore. <laughs> Masochism and mastication. Wasn't D7 a band? Didn't they do something like Purple Pills or something? I yes. have uh, no clue. D12. <laughs> but no, I was thinking of... Uh, he's, he, he said Gary 7 and I, I thought that was... I thought he was talking about Charlie X, the episode Charlie X. And that's, that's wholly not a time travel episode. That's the... That's the boy who is, quote-unquote, saved by the alien race, and he starts developing the alien race powers. But yeah. that came, that came like, almost directly after the time travel episode where No Man Has Gone Before, with Kirk's friend going nuts and starting to become God, and the only way they can save everything is by cold-starting the, the warp reactor of the Enterprise, and it causes a temporal thing that throws them back, like, so many hours in time. Yeah, the joy that is the original series. Okay. At least Doctor Who in the original series made more sense. Mm, yeah. But to be honest, I think I'd still prefer TOS than the, some of the original stories that came out of Doctor Who, to be honest. Anyways. It was originally built as educational, so yeah, but anyways. Anyway, that that's a discussion for Straight Out of Gallifrey from the um, people who do um, the GNT show from Busy Little Beaver Productions. Shameless so. plug. You and your advertising for all the 40 million podcasts that you do. Oh, I just occasionally appear on that one. He, he, he appears as the master who hates Dale the Dalek. <laughs> Dale the Dalek, just... Uh. Anyway, okay, <laughs> moving on. 
holodeck. So um, this is all the unofficial Trek productions and audio dramas. So, Renegades, we mentioned them earlier in the show. Um, they are due to, for release February 1st. Um, of course, they renamed themselves and rejigged a lot of the storyline because um, they were called Star Trek Renegades. So it'll be interesting to see what they've done to get it away from being Star Trek. Of course, any Star Trek fan will see things that are very common in probably all aspects of it because um, they have just reused uniforms, props and everything else and just made it that little bit different um, and not put Star Trek in front of it. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in part one in a few days' time. Now, Pacific 201 has also their announcement. I haven't had a chance to look into what they've done. Stu, did you have a look? Yes, uh, Pacific 201 earlier this week released a... It's it's like a sort of documentary trailer, just basically detailing the weapons and defences mounted aboard the ship, the Pacific 201. But it's slated to be... It's it's not a warship, but is in the aftermath of the Romulan War, and Starfleet has pretty much just rebuilt itself, and is stepping more into an exploration role again. I don't think the Pacific Two Hundred One itself is a Starfleet vessel, but it's an Earth exploration vessel, uh, UESPA, U E S P A, uh, space probe agency vessel but they're looking into starting a new indiegogo campaign to fund the project and they were hit by the same sort of guidelines as renegades but rather than going with the rebranding they've chosen to keep their original sort of format because they'd they'd already invested so much time and work into it so they're looking to do the sort of one episode for half an hour but just cutting out a lot of the a lot of the little things and long scenes that they had so as they get all the bang for their buck within that 30 minutes okay yeah i saw that you put um an image in chat of gary seven and um, cat and cat yes yeah, never did see much about that cat, but um, yeah, I think um, from what I recall from, I can't remember where, an interview somewhere, there was an intention to actually have Gary Seven as its own spin-off, um, but that never got okayed, so that's why never found anything else out. But if you would like to continue that story, um, some of the novels that have been written actually deal with the whole Gary Seven thing in a lot more detail. And they they they're all they're all called what that that uh episode was actually called Assignment Earth. Yeah. Um if I recall it's Dayton Ward, isn't it, who wrote those ones? Um maybe. I don't I don't know and I don't remember. Mostly because I haven't read them. I think I got them. I just haven't had a chance to um actually read them yet i'm way behind on my reading in the last year actually that's all because of the timelines i was doing quite a bit of reading until that came along so (laughs) 
So what you're saying is computer games have destroyed your reading. Yes. Not my life, just reading. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, um, back to Holodeck. Um, last year, we let people know that the Axonar case had been settled. Um, and um, the vodcast Trek Zone actually interviewed um, Christian Gossett, who was the director of Prelude, um, regarding it. And it's a good interview, actually, so definitely worth a watch. Um, now, also on the Kickstarter for um, Axanar, there's lots of comments appearing on um, the Kickstarter now, with people actually saying they want refunds. So, um, yeah, it looks like a lot of their supporters are finally getting fed up. So, it'll be interesting to see how much of them still exist. Um, and especially my one. I very much doubt that will last the weekend. Because um, a lot of people are calling to for people to take on legal action and things like that. Um, so, I basically suggested that if people are interested in doing so, they may want to look at grouping together to take legal action. Class probably... action status. Um, and because it'll probably be cheaper and safer for everyone. Um, so, I said, if Alec doesn't action your requests, then um, might be worth doing that. I said, I got forced my refund because I asked honest questions right at the beginning. Um, and, of course, after being threatened and doxxed by Alec, um, he then gave me my money back, so I can't take any further action against him. So... <clears throat> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, we all know that Alec Peters and his uh, little minions have a thing of going through and just deleting anything that doesn't go with what they say. So um, You just put that image in my mind that Alex Peters is Gru from Despicable Me. <laughs> <laughs> minions. Minions. Okay, I have I have a question. Does 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 anybody remember whether or not Alec Peters talked about going to Netflix to pitch his idea? Um. Yeah, there was. Um, he actually put. He actually published in a post that he'd intended to do that. Um. It should be somewhere on Axomonitor. Yeah, because he's posted on his own Kickstarter three days ago. We didn't market our product to Netflix. It's time to do some reading and not believe everything you read online. Well, wait a minute. Uh, how are we supposed to read and find out information if we're not supposed to believe stuff we read online? Because all of your own shit, Mr. Peters, is wholly online. Mm. So are we not supposed to believe you because you lie? Or are we supposed to believe only you and not believe other people? How does that work, Mr. Peters? Well, it works because he always said he's going to be very transparent and be very um, open with the figures, which as soon as the court said, oh, you've got to hand them over, he went, no. So. It's kind of uh, like what's going on in the presidency right now. 
like everybody's been going, hey, where are your taxes? Hey, where? Are and there's been no, there's been no Trumpian figure to harass the hell out of Trump to release his own taxes. And now Trump is in office and going, oh, we're, we're, I'm not going to release my taxes because nobody was interested. Uh, no, there wasn't a you to scream at you being the Barack Obama to release your own taxes. Kind of wish somebody would harass Alec. I kind of wish one or two of those $10,000 Kickstarter donators would harass Alec Peters into releasing his financials or a refund on Kickstarter's comment section. Because that would be lovely. I would love to see Alec Peters have to pay $10,000 out of pocket right then and there to try and shut somebody up. LOL. Uh, Alex says in chat, his name is Alec, not Alex. I'm sure I'd called him Alec. I called him Alex because my tongue just sort of rolls like that. All right. Now, I know in the past I've accidentally got the two mixed up because we talk about Alex's feedback so often that when I've gone to say Alec, I've said Alex or vice versa. I've gone to, to yeah, just, and I thought, I'm sure I hadn't done it today. <laughs> Can we all agree that he just has a stupid name anyway? <laughs> I mean, he, 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 okay, Alec. Okay. Kind of. I can kind of get behind it, but it's stupid because there's no follow through. It's like saying f and you're intending to say fish, but you say f and there's no follow through. There's there's an S, but there's no H at the end to go sh. So it's f. It's like, what the hell? I don't know. Anyway, now time to find out what's been going on in our community. So, Stu, did you want to do the in the community section? Yep, uh, just give me a second for my computer to stop being weird. Yes, so it's been a massively busy week on YouTube with content creators talking stew. So in the last week, Valakin has produced several videos on tanking and ship builds and escorts. So he's basically updating his older technical knowledge videos to keep them recent and up to date. So I've got links here for his channel. Shipwise, Razor Walker and Zeph Films have produced videos showing the visuals of the new ships that have come out with the new season. Razor Walker's also done a few videos on the PS4 player experienced. So there's also links here for their channels. Fred Kasdan's Basement has been live streaming Stowe in the past week, including a live stream of the content from the new season and on top of that he's also produced two episode reviews for the DS9 episodes in The Pale Moonlight and The Visitor. So every time he's doing a Star Trek related video he gives us a shout out so return that favour. Go and check out his channel. Links are here. And Ketwalski has produced quite a few overviews of the new season and the new missions as well on his channel. So they're all worth checking out if you've got a, a couple of hours to spare to pop over and have a look. You, you know what I'm not seeing in this YouTube roundup? What's that? Timber's playthrough of the new episode, if people want to go and watch it. 
I didn't know that he did one. I he could have sworn he spammed it in our Facebook chat. He did just as the show was about to start. Though it's not ah. made it into the links yet. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no worries, man. Which he could have done himself if he was in the show notes, but... Yeah, I could have. These part-timers just can't get the stuff. <laughs> yeah, these guys that have 800 characters and... You know, they gotta do, like, 3,000 things in real life. They just can't get to it at midnight. Meow! Mm. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> <laughs> There's no profit in this. I'm going home. Okay. So, community feedback. Question one. What was your first convention experience like? Fred Ortiz on the Tribbles and Ecstasy Facebook page says, The first convention I went to was Star Trek 1 out at Valley Forge back in the early 90s. I was maybe about 10 years old at the time. From what I remember, there were plenty of costumes. Alex Wonder on the Stowe forums says that he has not been to a convention yet. I'm not sure if I want to. And I didn't really have to think about it because there was either no opportunity or if there was, it was a little outside my budget at the time. But I admit if I had the money and got lucky because they sell out within minutes, BlizzCon was would be tempting, or one of the Comic-Cons, or that Out of the Ashes thing you talked about. I mean, I only know two-thirds of their lineup, but those are awesome. I have to say, if if I had ever had the, the downright cash to just go to a con, I would definitely want to go to a smaller convention, because I am not good around a whole bunch of people. Well, the only small con I've been to is FCD, which was last year. And yeah, it's very, very different. Um, and it's just so much more relaxed and easy. Just you're not crammed in and trying to get past people the entire time. Um, uh, this, this is why I don't think I would ever be able to do one of those big conventions because you, you start aggravating my anxiety and it's over. Now, um, sorry, my computer is locked up on me again. Um, community question two. What do you think about the new Star Trek Online reputation system? Fred Ortiz on the Tribbles and Ecstasy Facebook page says that it serves its purpose as an excuse to play Stowe for even longer than normal. Chosen Welder second on the forums says that he's not a fan of the new armor. The Ant-Man Doomguy helmet is fine, but everything below the neck isn't to my liking. The Tron ship shields are cool, though. As with any reputation, I have more fun playing the content than collecting the rep goodies. I think mentions the new armor. I noticed on the Stowe page that there's a new background and it's got Kamarki wearing an outfit. And I think this is the first time that I've seen a female character from any of the PWE games like wearing clothes and not having a ridiculously large bust size. Honestly, I can't tell because whenever I look at that page, the rest of her everything is blocked off. Like, the only time that that shows up is in the scroll when it says season 12 is now live. Yeah, there's just sort of the, you only see her, like, from the sort of... The neck up. Well, like, below the, below the bust up, but she doesn't have, like, the, 
they're not right in your face like everything else in PWE marketing is. Remembering back to um, Vulcan Boob Leg Girl. Can't remember what her name was. Vulcan Boob Leg Girl. <laughs> Swander on the Stow forums says, Yeah, sure, whatever. See, I don't do the gear treadmill. I got all the marks I will ever need raising winter apples, rising birds, feather monkeys. So ask me again when we're done with Risa. And I might have an opinion on the reputation. At this point, that's what I'm. That's yeah. That's what I'm waiting on. I have wholly stopped. Uh, outside of just getting the new ship, I have stopped being on my Agents of Yesterday tune, trying desperately to to get the the temporal marks from those cubes because it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Nobody wants to play those missions. So I'm just going to wait for the summer event and then just literally have one character that's always grinding those little favors and then turning those favors into eggs after I pass those favors off to my Agents of Yesterday character. Because this is ridiculous. I'm expecting that they'll throw in a Crystalline Entity event relatively soonish. Or maybe the, the Voth massive ship event again. Actually, that's coming in March. Interesting. And so it would be before the summer event. And the only reason I know that is it showed up on the calendar, and this is on Holodeck. It starts, I believe, March 2nd, March 3rd. Um, and right now, I'm guessing it's a placeholder. It's either that or it's going to be the same prize, but it's stated that you'll get the uh, Admiralty card again. So either yeah, it's just, it probably is just a placeholder. Yeah, if either it's a placeholder or it's something new, but that starts in March. So after the anniversary, we will have the Death Star Trench run again. So, communicate start again, Stu. Learn how to speak. Reload. Um, what would you like to see in Star Trek Timelines version 1.7 release? Fred Ortiz said on the Triples Next Facebook page, Since I have been playing Timelines lately, just more tasks to do. Alex Wonder on the store, store forums says, well, I don't play timelines and I don't remember you talking about a browser version, so they're probably still not working on it. I'm not interested anymore, so you can stop reading my answer to this question. I will still answer, but unless there's a browser version, and even then, shrug. Um, as we noted earlier when we spoke about timelines, it is available for pay- Facebook to play on PC through just like well I play it through Chrome and it works fine moving on to community question 4 do you have any Tribble related songs or poems you'd like to share with us Fred Ortiz on the Tribble's Nexty Facebook page said I guess this would count as a haiku that only works if you get the reference Tribble's to the left Tribble's to the right who the hell left the food out after midnight yeah you do it before I leave oh sorry wrong (laughs) Alex on the Stow Forum said, Sorry, I'm not an artist. You know, that Tribble song was interesting. Like Sun said, it was not quite angry enough for a Klingon. Sounded a little like a country and western song. If that was the intention, it worked beautifully. I am so glad the guy who did that got in contact with us and was not mad that I had made that, that you know, that criticism. It's like, I am so used to people being pissed off at me for me, you know, just just saying I didn't, you know, 
that was nice. This was weird, but it was nice. I'm so used to people getting pissed off at me for stuff like that. Yes, Mark Bollock got in touch with us by email and said, Thanks, Steve. I hope your people got a chuckle from it. With regards to Sun's comment, I was trying to be an old Klingon sage telling the story. Completely agree that it was not your typical Klingon. In retrospect, I was probably trying to emulate Worf. Right or wrong, I viewed Worf as a gentler constituent of the Klingon race. Also hope that you had the chance to see our short movie. Link will be included. There's a blooper at the five-minute spot where Captain Kirk drops one Klingon onto the other, which temporarily makes the bottom Klingon sing soprano. You can barely see the Klingon on the top laughing, but it's difficult to see. Steve, thanks again for posting the Great Triple Hunt. Best of luck to you. Your contemporaries and triples everywhere. Pal, the lesser-known countersign, Mark. So Peace I gave and the... Long Life is, is, is the other one. Yeah, because... The... Peace oh. and Long Life and Live Long and Prosper. Because often when one says one, another can will say peace and long life. The other will say live long and prosper. And vice versa. All you kids put YOLO getting down with the abreaves in it. <laughs> L-O-L. What's the, what's the Star Trek one again? Rolling about in the sand, laughing my Vulcan ears off. I, I, saw, I saw one the other day that some super religious lady was super uber worried about because she thought lol meant Lucifer our lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before the show, I gave the video on YouTube a quick watch and it is really cleverly done. Uh, it was made in 1973 and it's, the special effects are really clever for just something that was basically made outside and in the the transporter room appears to be just made in the basement and control panels are just made out of whatever could be found at the time and it it works really well see see you don't have to have like super uber duper authenticity values to be a Star Trek fan film. Don't I don't care. I don't care what anybody out there who makes those fan films wants to argue. You don't have to have this super uber duper budget, and have to be super authentic, and have to super have everything that the that series or the other series had to do a thing. You just take your camera and you go. Yeah, just. Uh using whatever shirts you had and attaching a little bit of fabric to it in the shape of the Delta, and bang, you've got a uniform right there. So, feedback on the Stowe Reddit from Dan PMK. I had no idea people pronounced Stowe like a word. I've always said the letters S-T-O aloud. It's like people who talk about WoW, World of Warcraft, and they say it as WoW. W-O-W. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of syllables. Well, W is probably the only thing where the abbreviation of takes longer to say than than what it actually means anyway. It's like when you go to a website, you don't say www, at least not anymore. You just type it. 
And now you don't even have to type it anymore because it's like already in the coding now. So Jordan Britt on the Star Trek DS9 fans Facebook page says, Every time I see the phrase tribbles in ecstasy, I think of a mosh pit full of tribbles purring to Skrillex. Oh, God. Oh, God. Bangarang. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the dubstep stuff. So just, just uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take my electronica and leave it at that. Now give me some, some Jean-Michel Jarre, some Daft Punk, and I, I am a happy camper. I'll just stick to craft work. Kazarigian on the Star Trek Timelines Reddit says, regarding last week's show, 246 minutes are rather... Is this about the game? Seems not. Mike I heard was very hot and hissing. No way I would make time to listen to 246 minutes with that quality and a meandering subject. Good luck, though. As a reply from Midnight, we talk about multiple Star Trek topics that include timelines. As I know, not everyone might want to listen to it all, so I put timestamps on when we start to talk about different segments in the episode description. In this case, we start talking about Star Trek timelines at around 1 hour 55 minutes and 8 seconds in. Regarding the mic quality, having clean professional mics does not happen all the time when it comes to people visiting the show for interviews. For the panellists of the show, they get the best they can, but we do not get paid for any of this, nor do we try and get donations. I do try to clean things up as much as possible for the downloaded version, though, but there's only so much that can be done. Yeah. At the end of the day, we are a discussion roundtable. And we are just fans of Star Trek. Talking about Star Trek, Star Trek gaming, um, Star Trek news. And we do it because we enjoy it, not because we're getting paid to do it. Unfortunately, that means you don't get anything professional. If you want something more professional and sounding better, then head over to our friends at Priority One. They record things professionally and properly edit things. Which you have also edited sometimes, too. <laughs> yes, I also help on that show as well. What can I say? I like to get around. Oh, matron. No, that's what you're supposed to say. Oh, my. Oh, my. I, okay. Am I allowed to make a joke? No. Okay. <laughs> of course you can. I was about to say, I was about to say, midnight's like the Bajoran wormhole. Everybody's gone through at least once. Oh well, they say sharing is caring. <laughs> so, son, you've got some feedback here from Alex. Okay, so 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 it really was a you do everything up until Alex's feedback and then hand it off to me, right? Okay, I see how it's going to be. <laughs> well, you are the best ranter within 12 parsecs. Plus, also, if you're reading it, then you don't have to keep interrupting again. That's not how you say it. This is true. <laughs> well, I do want to point out, Alex did point out another one of those abbreviated games that we say instead of, you know, spelling the letters. Lotro for Lord of the Rings Online. Indeed. So, Alex's general feedback from the forums. Feedback, part two. 
Okay, let's dive right in. Dilithium discussion. Okay, so why does the refinement cap exist? It's a control slash gate slash safeguard mechanism. What do I mean by that? Cryptic can control slash limit how quickly a player can acquire a premium currency. Why is that good? Well, it helps with the pricing. It should be challenging to acquire for a veteran player or subscriber while still being reasonable to acquire for a new slash free-to-play player. The fact that those um, Wealth of Khan, or, oh, sorry, Wrath of Khan costumes are so extremely costly, well, I'd call that a failure on Cryptic's part. If people earned uh, earn and hoard that much dilithium, you're not either offering enough things to spend dilithium on, or you're, or or the things you're offering are not enticing enough. Hoarded dilithium helps absolutely no one. Now let's talk about the safeguard part. The refinement cap exists to make sure that even if there was an exploit that gave you unlimited dilithium, like there was, you couldn't just crash the dilithium economy. I mean. Imagine there was this kind of exploit, and there was no safeguard whatsoever, and whoever used the exploit waited till after the devs left for the weekend, or even worse, for the Christmas holiday. Nobody in the house to immediately fix it? Emergency shutdown of the Dilithium Exchange. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. It would be rather bad for everyone involved, including Cryptic. And therefore, I do not believe they will ever allow you to use unrefined dilithium. Well, then what about raising the cap? Well, like I mentioned, the cap exists for a couple of reasons, and they will not increase the cap on a whim. I mean, more than a year ago, Captain Gecko was asked about raising the cap, and he did and he said he didn't see any issues with raising it to a nice clean 10k per day per character now that was not a promise or announcement he he was asked a question and without having access to the almighty metrics he went on his gut instinct and since that was more than a year ago and nothing happened they're either still investigating or probably or it probably won't happen for the foreseeable future and don't forget that Cryptic has said more than once that the majority of the player base does not even reach the cap on a regular basis. And the people who do get to the cap on a daily basis? Minority. The people who have millions of unrefined dilithium? Even smaller minority. So if you really have that much time on your hands, play another character, or two, or five, and use the respective refinement caps too. Now, for Sunsial's suggestion about the Dilithium Mine offering fleet Dilithium vouchers for doing fleet activities, that might actually be feasible. See, when World of Warcraft... I'm sorry, but that game just happens to change how MMOs work. Dabbled in guild advancement, they included things like, if a guild group... At least three out of the five group members had to be uh, had to be member guild members to qualify as a guild group. Completes a heroic dungeon. A nice chunk of gold will go directly into the guild bank. The time limit on that, uh, the limit on that was seven per week. 
and there were similar uh, rewards for doing guild group PvP or guild raid raids. And just for the information, World of Warcraft decided later on that it was not worth the effort trying to balance guild advancement for both hardcore raiding guilds and casual guilds of friends. Long story short, the cat projects... Uh, the cap protects the dilithium economy and Cryptic's wallet from potential exploits, so if they do touch it, they will do so very gingerly. It also allows them to throw all this free content and unrefined dilithium at players, which makes them look generous. Yes, they don't bully you into subscribing, like a certain other free-to-play MMO likes to do. He's talking about Star Wars The Old Republic... For, for those who, who don't understand. But you have to pay for it by having to deal with a dilithium refinement cap. Okay, Ferengi. Okay, son, Cryptic did and did not listen to you. Cryptic did not just use one Ferengi. They used three Ferengi. Ferric in the Gamma Quadrant, Madron in the Beta, and Quinn in the Delta Quadrant. But effectively, they're all the same Ferengi. No, that's not what that's that. That was never my argument. Ferric, I blew up in the Gamma Quadrant. Quinn, Qu Quinn, uh, uh, what's his name? Rom's son. Rom's son dealt with Quinn. Dog. No. Madron, we have met three times. Three specific times, and those three specific times he has dicked us over. The How Far Mining Facility during the Romulan Story Mission, during the Romulan Adventure Zone, Madron owns the warehouse with all the Herogen, which he flees from, and now he has the whole K-13 station thing. That's three specific times a single Ferengi has dicked us over, and I haven't been able to blow his ass up. Yeah. Which one was it that tried to buy the Dyson Sphere and turn it into a holiday home again? Was that Madran? I honestly don't know. You might not see him because in the cutscene he's invisible. And I don't remember a name being associated to him. Anyway, I would say that Farrakh was the least harmful of the trio in Fernal. So blowing up, blowing her up seems rather disproportionate in retrospect. Quinn put a bounty on our heads, and when we meet him in Time in a Bottle, we just let him go? Wait, what? Nog, that guy tried to kill us. We should arrest him. No acknowledgement of that predicament? Oh, well, let's see when he'll show up again. Oh, on Risa. And we look for those temporal artifacts and just hand them over to him. Wait, what? See, I've never run that thing. I, I, I honestly have not run that thing. It's stupid. So I didn't even really realize it was Quinn. Sure, you can argue that Madron needs to die. And I'd rather put him in jail and misplace the key in a probe that gets launched in the nearest star. But my opinion on Quinn is worse of the trio since he's an NPC on Risa now. Yeah. I, I Look, I don't know. I Honestly, I would have loved to have shot Quinn dead. I would love to see Madron burnt alive while he was injected with, with stuff to keep him conscious the whole time. That's, that's how I feel about Madron. Not because of... Not because of 
uh, him putting a see putting a bounty on my head. Okay, that's cool. I can deal with people showing up and killing, trying to kill me because I know I'll always win. That's how an MMO works. Madron always shows up in the strangest place to do this dicky, this this just straight out dickish Ferengi thing. And he doesn't even have the charm of Quark to acknowledge it. Yeah, no, I, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pull a major cure at this point and just pin him to a wall, shove drugs into him that will keep him awake, douse him in fluid that is highly flammable, and just set him on fire and watch. That's how I feel. I mean, that might seem a little excessive, but you're talking to somebody who plays on the Klingon side. Ah, oh, you didn't hear my microphone, Timberwolf. It was scraping against the table, sorry. I think he's just, like, picked it up and decided to start banging it against the desk. For lols. I just thought it was funny someone complained about the sound quality, so he thought he'd add some stuff to go in. Yeah, like, what how do like... you complain about our sound quality? <laughs> we are completely professional here. Completely professional. It's like one of those sort of ASMR videos where you just sort of, like... Yep. Was that the? What the? What the hell was that? Was that a Gorn fapping? Oh God! <laughs> I do. <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> Feedback. Stowe's awesome random cue. You know, when I made that suggestion and I used that name, I didn't think much of it. It seemed so obvious to me because I. Because I know and have used that feature since. When did Wrath of the Lich King launch? November 2008? Uh, yeah. When I logged in today for the free giveaway items, I actually opened Stowe's queue window, and the fact that there was no random button baffled me. I mean, I remember Cryptic talking stuff, or taking stuff out of the game and turning it into events, and their whole... We don't want to divide the player base any further. Okay, great. Stop dividing your player bases into X different queues and make a random button. Encourage players to use it. No more least played queue. Done. Sure, they might have to think about whether or not players should be able to blacklist certain queues and whether or not they should have random space queue button and a random ground queue button. But it should be completely random and more rewarding instead. And if an overwhelming majority of players blacklists the same queue, then take it out of the rotation and rework it because something is clearly wrong with it. Or try what WoW tried with the heroic and Lich King, uh, the heroic Lich King dungeons, the Oculus. Maybe Timberwolf remembers that one. Yeah, I do. And actually, that is something that. Is at the forefront right now of World of Warcraft. Currently, they have a looking for uh, group mechanic, so you can do any. You know, it, if you set it for all of them, then randomly, whenever a group's ready, you'll do any of the normal queues for the latest expansion. You can do any of the any of the heroic queues, the new expansion, randomly. They have the same mechanic for the raiding system, and the only ones that are private are mythic. If you really want your hardest challenge, you have to have a pre-made group. But for the most of the 
for most part, if you want to learn the mechanics of a run, if you're just trying to do it, you know, randomly try and get practice or get gear from the daily world quests, go to looking for group, looking for raid, jump in real quick and it's good to go. And it's completely random. You don't know which one you'll get until it pops up. And, you know, that would definitely alleviate if you would put all the normal cues in STO on that same mechanic. Not like the normal cues are that difficult. And you could go to any one of them. You get random marks. I think it'd be great. And throw in even more rewards when people get randomly matched into and complete that particular queue. I could, I could agree with that. But the sure fact that there is no random button just... I can't wrap my brain around that. It is so obvious. If you make that random button, you can even change the weightings. So you could make new queues pop up more often for a certain amount of time. Or rotate cues in and out every so uh, every few weeks to mix things up. Yeah, currently in World of Warcraft, that's called time walking. And every so often, dungeons from La- Wrath of the Lich King are put into the looking for group or looking for raid. And you scale back to that level so that it's an appropriate difficulty, but they'll rotate in older content to make for sure it gets played. And then your reward for it is anything that drops in it drops at your current level. So it might have been a level 60 piece of armor, but when you pull it now as part of time walking, it's now geared for your 110 character. So that could even be something that could be done. You know, oh, it only drops Mark 12 gear. Well, guess what? Now it's going to drop Mark 14 since we're revisiting it at our current power level. So, Chozo Elder Second also replied uh, on our forum feedback. The NX refit. As someone who's been watching all of Enterprise since November, the introduction of the in-game NX made me excited. The timing could not have been better. It's like Cryptic straight up knew I was watching this show while saying to myself, man, it'd be great if they could add in a T6 NX. I might as well, since the Connie's already in. I'm relieved that it's a low-buy ship. It's a shame that it's not a sea store ship, but I honestly thought it was going to be the next promo ship stuffed in a DOF or R&D pack. No need to worry about the ship being sold for billions of EC or more. I just saw Zeph's NX comparison video that StuDog mentioned. I highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. It really highlights just how much detail the artist put in when they do these kind of model revamps. Lastly, Thomas Moroni confirmed on Twitter that the refit will be uh, able to use the NX-01 skin, which I highly appreciate. This was the push that made me decide I was going to get one. GG, Cryptic. Gravity Kills Q. This one was fun. I was in my K, Connie, on the third objective that's closest to the black hole. Timberwolf was right. It pulls... The pull is no joke if you're not paying attention to your engine's power. But I I briefly let my guard down and made the mistake of only flying at half impulse at medium engine power. It did not take long for me to register that I was getting closer to death. I was in red alert and my evasive maneuvers was on cooldown. And that's when I realized just how perfect it was to hit the console ability that the Connie comes with. Auxiliary Warp Core Ejection. It felt pretty great to have a little movie moment duplicated in-game. I I don't understand what the thing is, but okay. 
That's a scene in the first new Star Trek film where the Enterprise escapes from the black hole that was caused by the destruction of the Romulan ship by firing all their mini warp cores into it. And that's the console that comes on the Kelvin Connie. It's the same thing. You fire off your warp cores and it gives you a massive three-second speed boost. Okay. Well, I can understand the excitement then. It's a movie moment recreated right now. Oh, the previous feedback was from Alex for the the last week's show. He's left a whole different set of feedback for this week's show. Wh- what? Are you people intentionally trying to confuse me by not having the it all be in one big huge thing? <sighs> he put it on the forums in different places at separate times, different times, separate places. So I I had to you know, subdivide and break it all up, yo. <laughs> Alex responded in our chat, I doubt they would have made the NX a promo ship. I mean, the metrics ratings clearly showed that people hated Enterprise. Lol. Yeah, you don't 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 you go casually whistling either. You 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 know you did a bad Stu, do not make me get the newspaper. Ah, uh, not again. Different timelines, what, so there's there's different Alex's and different timelines leaving feedbacks? Possibly. Okay, I just finished the stuff I didn't get to last week. Hey, son asked for it. Yes, yes, I did. Anniversary giveaway. Oh, there's our annual end of summer giveaway. And I thought they forgot about it. Silly me. But sarcasm aside, they can't. Can't they get one thing done without any issues? She see the ship slots and the dry. <laughs> Isn't that what Manu said earlier? Yes. Our episode has come full circle. Oh, you start speaking Breen either, Stu, or I'll really get the newspaper. <laughs> see the ship slots and dry dock slots we got on Wednesday, according to the blog per character. According to the C-Store, once per account, I assume the blog was wrong because there seem to be more wrong blogs than there are correct ones. So I missed out on a couple of ships and dry dock slots. My bad. But Cryptic and PW just kills me sometimes. And on Thursday, the specialization points and universal tech upgrades? Similar problem. Get your act together, will ya? Undiscovered lockbox. So, I guess you could call that a TOS foon. A neg... A, a, oh, oh, I see what he did there. Okay. He's got the puns out. He's making up puns. Right. So, he's making up... He's, it's, it's a play on the typhoon. It's the toss foon. The neg toss. I did not come up with that one. And the dadera toss. And look, the NX refit is a low-buy ship, and Tier 6. What a surprise. I did not see that coming. I am so shocked. The whole mix and match between Tier 6 NX refit and Tier 1 NX, it's par for the course. But since the Connie and the Connie, I, I did not expect this thing to be anything lower than Tier 6. Up next, the Tier 6 Cavort Carrier, the Tier 6 Miranda, the Tier 6 Oberth with the Phase Cloak, 
And just because they couldn't care less about logic and reason, a tier six phoenix for first contact day. And why don't we celebrate the anniversary of the moon landing with a tier six Apollo 11? Alex, you're killing me, man. You're absolutely killing me. Eh, that's it for today. You got enough on your plates. I might throw some show-related feedback at you next, be- at next week, but we'll have to talk about the anniversary event. I have things to say. Oh, and, hell. And when are we going to review that new episode? I mean, I liked it. Without spoiling anything, the last ground part felt a little long. Almost like they were trying to make up for something. But as a whole, I liked it. Uh, we'll get a whole review and a uh, combat log segment on all the shinies next week. Which means you're, you're, you, you, can, you can post spoilers in this week's episode, and we'll read it next week, because by that time we will have spoiled the episode for next week, by the time we get to your feedback. Okay, so community questions for this week. So, has the Circuit Project interested you in donating to the Kickstarter? which is due to start in March. What do you like, or even dislike, or like and dislike, about Stowe's 7th anniversary event? And what's your favourite Star Trek Timelines event, and why? Now, we mentioned that we're going to have some gifts to give away. Well, some of the gifts we're going to be giving away um, include... Lovely little prizes, such as the Krenim Imperium Warship, Paradox Temporal Dreadnought, POS Boff Codes, and a poster signed by the Stowe Devs. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to include these questions when it comes to the actual post. So this is for you people who are listening and who feed back to us. So... What we're going to do is we want you to write in no more than 100 words each. You hear that, Alex? No more than 100 words. So to enter the prizes, um, enter for these prizes, a review of of signs and portents. So want a small review of uh, the featured episode and a review of Gravity Kills and a review of the Sincathy Front. So, there's basically each one of those reviews, as I said, only sh- short ones, um, so no more than a hundred words. So, what I'll be doing is I'll be assigning one of each of the ships to um, the question of each of the cues, and the featured episode will be... Um, the signed poster by the Stowe developers. And we've got three TOS buff codes. They will be to the second place. So, you have until we begin next week's show. And yeah, what we'll do is we will um, say who has won once we've read out all of the reviews. And Studog has kindly donated three master keys so what we'll also do is for anyone who replies to the um, community questions we'll be put into a draw to win one of three of the keys as well 
So, um, Alex, a picture is worth a thousand words. No pictures. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> so I, I thought I'd make it a little bit different. Um, as always, we do enjoy feedback here at Tribbles, um, which is one reason why we always spend just so much time going through it all. This is so, true. And we're very grateful to Star Trek Online, who donated these prizes to give out to celebrate us on our 250th anniversary. So, thought we'd actually get some feedback on things to do with Star Trek Online uh, in order for people to um, be entered into the draw. So, I will read out what I expect, because as I said, I will not be writing it down, so that way only our listeners get entered into it, rather than just people who see the post and think, I want that. Okay, so... Just one thing, Midnight, what's the, what should our closing sort of deadline be, say, As about said, an hour before next show? Yep. So that's 7pm Eastern time next week, Indeed. on Friday. So, and that is Friday the 3rd of February. So... So do you hear that, Alex? You have to literally, you have to have your review post slash feedback in an hour before our show starts. Otherwise, you're disqualified. Yeah, because if it's not in before the show, we can't really read it and grade it. <laughs> so we, um, let us know what you think of each of these missions. Um, Interesting to see not only sort of what people write, but how they write it. Will you put in sort of lots of puns? Will you make it rhyme? Um, we will be picking out what we feel is the best of the reviews. So not what is the best as in the most positive or most negative, but what is the most enjoyable to read out. So... Um, so yeah, go play the new content that's out for season 12. And yeah, get writing. You can, of course, get back to us on any of the social networks as with all of the community questions. So you can do that by sending us an email at hosts at com. You can get us on all the social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Star Trek, Riser, and Player.me at Tribbles in XTC. We're, of course, um, on got videos on YouTube. We've got them on Facebook. Um, we're on the Stowe forums. We're on the Star Trek Timelines forums. We're on Trek BBS, um, Reddit. We're... I post all over, so if it's the post from me, then reply to it with your answers. So, we're also in syndication every Wednesday at trekradio.net and subspace-radio.net, and you can also catch us on iTunes and Google Play. And if you'd like to leave us a voice message, you can do so at speakpipe.com forward slash triples and XTC. Or you can, of course, just use the little widget on the post page as well. 
Okay, well, that's it for this week. We will catch you next week. Thank you all for joining us for our 250th episode. And we will see you soon. Take care, everyone. See you, guys. See you later. satellite radio for our remastered shows and more you can follow us on twitter at tribbles in xtc or if you have any questions or comments please send an email to tribbles in ecstasy at gmail.com join us next week for another episode of tribbles in ecstasy the only place where tribbles and klingons are friends